Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, episode number 23. There's no easy way out. There's, There's no, no shortcut home. 2000. <laughs> it's no way out, 2000. Hello everyone once again, I'm Kevin Mann. Join us as always in this review of the Attitude Era by my cohorts, comrades, colleagues and cocksuckers. That's, oh, that's, <laughs> that's not very That's nice. an insult. Yeah. No, what I've learned is recently, right, on Twitter, you can just be a dickhead, like an antisocial dickhead, then write hashtag heel at the end. Oh, and so you get away with oh, it. No, mate, I've got, I'm wearing sunglasses in my Twitter profile picture. I can say whatever I want to. I am cool. My, yeah, take yeah. that, minorities. I put hashtag heel at the end of my racist tweets. <laughs> Hitler, what a heel. <laughs> Anywho, joined as I am always, first of all, Mr. Adam Bibolo. Hello, sir. Hi, yeah. Are you well? Yeah, I'm grand. Yeah, enjoying this fine summer season. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful day. Yay. Glaggy. Glaggy. Yeah. <laughs> and what a day for a podcast. What a day to watch the potential retirement of Mick Foley as well. Looking yeah, forward so, yeah, to yeah. Uh, talking about No Way Out. High stakes. I had a, a very big emotional experience with this as a child. So oh, man. We'll this get thing, into that later. This thing scarred us all, I yeah. think, in one way or another. And to my right, unquestionably, the baddest man on the planet, Mr. Billy Keeble. Hello, Billy. Hello. How's things? Not bad. We've uh, we've come a long way with this whole podcast, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Well, we all we all like slowly realise that Mick Foley was probably most you know he's your he's your favourite, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah so he here we go, like end of the road, end, end of the, the road. line. So it would seem. So yeah. it would seem. But it's, it always have to take wrestling retirement to a pinch of salt. Yeah. Because it's usually, especially with Mick Foley, he's done it before. As you said, this guy is uh, fired. But this guy ain't. <laughs> I, I, I can very much imagine that this is going to happen after this pay per view. The next night, dude, love just before we actually get into the pay per view itself. Once again, as usual, uh, our friends over at PileDriverWrestling.net have got an archive of all the old WWF magazine covers. We're looking at the February 2000 cover here, this one is so good. I actually printed it out earlier today. Because can I say to... the Royal Rumble one was so disappointing, so piss so poor, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like segment can- potentially segment cancellingly poor. Yeah, if yeah, that's it, a word. It was awful. <laughs> I, I'm amazed that the magazine was still running up. <laughs> but this one is so good. I printed it out just so I can actually show you guys. As you oh, can see brilliant. here, it's. It's DS. Holy <laughs> fuck. It's, they're dressed in mafia suits, big pinstripes. They've all got cigars, and it says "Wise Guys" with a Z. And it says underneath it, DX makes the Federation an offer it can't refuse. Yeah, and the offer being, basically, I think we should recreate guys and dogs. <laughs> I don't understand this at all. No, I Look don't. at the fucking state of it. Look at X-Pac there, with that cigar in his mouth. You know that's not a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Road Dog's leaning against the car because you know he smoked his cigar too fast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's to take a little rest. You must say, this must be so awkward anytime the four of them hung out like for stuff like this because like, you know, I'm not saying nothing, but Triple H is like, you know, he's straight edge essentially. Like, yeah, he's and, the uh, only one there. That's, he's the designated driver. Is more or less. Like, yeah. He's driving the mob car back <laughs> <laughs> later on, like him and the rest of the Antil gang. Like. <laughs> so yeah, more like this, please, WWF Magazine. Fantastic. Well, it's been quite a month since January 2000's Royal Rumble. Great resurgence. Great time to be a wrestling fan, as we said. Mm. But the, uh, I got, we were saying McMahon-Helmsley faction, McMahon-Helmsley regime. I think Frigime is how we're going to refer to them. Frigime. Yeah, can we agree to that? Which is yeah. what Edge and Christian called them, and I thought, you know, it sums up quite nicely. Perfect. So the Frigime's reign of terror has been continuing. Damn you, Frigime! <laughs> uh, the night after the Royal Rumble, one of the 
biggest moments, some can argue, in terms of acquisition of talent. Because always was the story, wasn't it, that someone would go from WWF to WCW. Yeah. Or ECW to WCW. And we got a couple of guys from ECW coming into WWF. But uh, with the exception of Jericho... Not a lot of uh, guys were coming up south from uh, from WCW yeah. to WWF. We got not one, not two, not three, but four of the most celebrated technical wrestlers in wrestling history, past, present, future. Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, and Eddie Guerrero, all signing with the WWF, debuting the night after the Royal Rumble. Mm. Holy fuck, the mid-card just got great. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Amazing. These men, like, so accomplished... Talking about guys who like hit the ground running as well because it's just there was a confidence, I suppose, yeah. in their abilities. And it's nice now because if you if you guys go to watch Raw from one era, watch any episode of Raw from like two thousand because you got the nice little bit of like it's so weird and wacky and still got that little tinge of attitude error to it in terms of just you know, craziness. Yeah. But there's a focus now on in-ring work, and you're getting great matches. Actual good wrestling going on as well. It's it's it kind of irks me that I have to even discuss this or say this. But obviously, there's gonna be people out there who are like, "Oh my God, Chris Benoit, are you gonna just like not do a podcast when he's on the show?" Obviously not. No. Um, I think we said I forget where we said it. Before. I think we said, it, or... we said it. We said on live of the Q and A. I think we said it on Sick Kids Save Point yeah. on the live yeah. stream. Well, we said a lot of things. Didn't we? Yeah. We did. In, in our <laughs> when, haze. It was, when it was five a.m. and I had the runs and you were barely awake, we said all kinds of things. <laughs> not the best time to discuss the Benoit situation. Really, no, really, no. Basically, or. Collective viewpoint on this, and stop me if I speak out of place on on your behalf, guys. But yes, we agree that everything you've done was a horrible tragedy, and it's unforgivable on the, on so many terms and whatnot. That being said, we're the kind of fans, I suppose, who can separate Benoit, the performer, the character, the the man whose matches we're going to be watching and for the most part enjoying, from the man who did those things at the end of his time. Yeah. Jericho kind of nicely put it in the forward to his first book. It's like he views him almost as two separate people. Mm. Well, I don't view him as two separate people. I view it as like a character, a performer, and then and the man. Then the man. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about Chris Benoit, the man. So when we're praising his matches, we're not going to be like, oh my God, Chris Benoit for Hall of Fame. Yeah. We're not doing this as some sort of veiled critique on WWF's uh, you know, decision to you know quietly rope him out of, of history and whatnot. That's their business. I'm not commenting on that. No. No. But don't but don't be just don't misconstrue this as A, us considering that, you know, he should be honored and revered and whatnot. But also don't take this, you know, the other way as well. We're right? not taking a stance on the whole situation. It's just that we're reviewing the Attitude Era. Chris Benoit was in the Attitude Era. He, yeah. It's as simple as that. Like, he's a wrestler and we can separate the man from the wrestler. And we're not a publicly traded company like WWE who have shareholders and investors. So we we're not worry about that <laughs> shit. <laughs> we, can, we can do it. And Kevin can do his Chris Benoit impression now all the time now. Do, do you want to debut that now, Kevin? It shows passion for this business. <laughs> so scary. <laughs> I'd take you right there. I'd like to make an example out of you. <laughs> the best damn technical wrestler. This business. The quickest we've ever gone for a serious discussion. Passion for this business. Just about to make an example out of you. All right. Okay. There we go. No uh, way out. Two thousand. No way out. Two thousand. Let's hit it into high gear. <laughs> it will be soon, but not tonight. I'm not quite ready. Though my nights are sleepless, I still dream. I've won and lost many things in my career. Blood. But I've never main evented at WrestleMania. This is my chance. My last chance. In my way, there is a man, and that man has my goal. My ticket to WrestleMania. He may be the game. He may be the champion. He may be the best in the industry today. But I should know. But he is no Cactus Jack. And he never will be. 
15 years I've been chasing this dream. Dozens of fractures, hundreds of stitches, countless nights I've fled. You may say this is no dream. This is a nightmare. Maybe, but it's my nightmare. And I decide when I wake up. Introduction there starting us off. Oh, beautiful video. Amazing. With, with Lord of the Rings music right yeah. there. It's, it's, it's the start of the two towers when you're going through the mountains and see what happened to Gandalf. <laughs> it's the exact same piece of music. I have to say I really love this one. Kind of, I like it, maybe, I don't know if I like more or less than the one. The one the Rumble was very, very brilliant. I like this one maybe because the retirement stipulation was hanging so heavy over everyone in this one, which is a bonus win. The main event here tonight, Gotras, the main is the champion. He has to retire. That was the, the agreement. So the focus on here is less about Triple H and Foley, it's more about Foley himself. Yeah. I really thought they did an yeah. excellent job. This I is really so enjoyed personal it. Foley's personal and emotional story. It kind of highlights the pressure on Foley himself as well. Yeah, literally just the line where he says, "This is my last chance." That yeah. that sums it all up, kind of thing. That's you know, it really makes you feel for him. I've never wanted him to win so badly. And he refers to the whole thing as like a nightmare, but he chooses when he decides to wake up from it. Yeah, oh, man. that's this, perfect. Yeah, you know, this is this was like for like an hour tops. Foley spent in the studio just recording that dialogue. At most. Good God, it was just really effective. It was short, but uh, it got me even more psyched up. He's a wordsmith, Mick Foley. Definitely. Um, it really, really just kind of hit on the point as well. Hell in a Cell, which is our main event tonight, really is just intrinsically linked with Foley's career. Undoubtedly. And like, what a fitting way to have his retirement, you know, potentially happen here with you know this match, which is kind of famous for, or, yeah. you know, for better or worse, so to speak. Tonight, you will feel emotions, basically, is what they're telling us. Yeah. It's gonna be emotional! <laughs> Run away, like, but it, basically, <laughs> either Foley's gonna win the title and finally main event WrestleMania, which has been his dream all along, or Foley's gonna have to retire. Both of those things is kind of like, either way, I'm gonna be standing up there this night going, yeah, you know. It's, Polar opposites. It's very rare with a wrestling show, and I know this is very tainted with nostalgia for me personally, it's very rare when you at the start of the show, you're already like, oh my God. Fuck. I don't know, how do you, I mean, you, obviously this is, I've got kid hormones yeah. mixed in with yeah, this, so same. how about you? Well, I don't know. It's just I can't, I just kind of had the feeling that this wouldn't be a retirement. A retirement, yeah. Like because there's never a retirement. That's the problem. I mean, isn't just it? just look at uh, HBK or Ric Flair. You <laughs> know, every time they've retired. Well, 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 HBK is stage retired. Well, he is stage retired. Yeah. But it it he keeps coming back, and then oh yeah, then then Flair and Terry Funk having how many retirement matches? Yeah, yeah. I, you always it's remember. I take I, I I take it with a pinch of salt whenever I hear it. Fourteen years of shitty uh, non-retirements of probably yeah. taking their toll on It'll most do modern too, fans yeah. but for me as a kid anyway this was like the first time I was like whoa yeah, I, well, his career I like. just got into wrestling at this point and as a nine year old child like you know I was immediately drawn to Mankind and then Cactus Jack so to hear that like I've just got into it and oh he's one of my favourite characters and now he might be going away forever like it was horrible there's a difference between fired and retired as exactly well. yeah retired sounds Re permanent retired is like a self-imposed exile yeah. almost so it felt like there was a lot of weight behind this but starting things off tonight we've got the intercontinental championship on the line y2j chris jericho good god i love this man versus kurt angle who has picked up the european title and is uh on his winning ways recently picked it up on smackdown off Val Venus. I'll have to edit that in. Just say a few names. Val picked up the title off Val Venus. Picked up the title off D'Lo Brown. Picked up the title off British Bulldog. 
It could be any of them. It could be, it could be any, any of them. Do the whole roster. Do the whole roster. <laughs> Pick up the title off Gilbert. <laughs> Pick up the title off Tiger LEC. Uh, yeah, Kurt Angle winning the European title on SmackDown. He's on a serious role here now in terms of creative, in terms of him being pushed. Um, it's one thing him being awesome. It's one thing him being awesome and the, the the office clearly going, this is... This is the guy. This is the guy we're yeah. strapping a rocket to. Like, uh, blinking, you'll miss him on his way up to the main event. Seriously. Kurt is... Kurt's a nice promo here. I would just like to say... Let him say it! I would just like to say that once I defeat Chris Jericho, and I will, and become your Euro Continental Champion, like the ex-Hartford Whalers, I too will be leaving Connecticut. I know, it's a shame, I will be leaving Connecticut as well. But unlike the Whalers, unlike the Whalers, I will return one day and give you the hero that this town so truly deserves. I will, really, really I will. Thank you. You know, sometimes, King, this, this young man can be somewhat overbearing and obnoxious. Really? That's my take on it. Again, lost on us to an extent, I suppose. The Whalers, some local sports team. Yeah, of some he sort. bangs on the sports teams. We're greeting to free immediate signs. Angle is a commie. <laughs> <laughs> which I enjoyed. Uh, we get uh, Kurt Angle in his free eyes, which are ignorance, insolence, and impotence. Perfect. <laughs> and then my favourite sign, Midian equals ratings. <laughs> that, that, was that Midian holding that sign? <laughs> I, I can't argue with that, man. That's all I'm saying. Uh, we got another sign as well, which was Y2J will kill Kurt Angle. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> kill was like in a particularly bold font. <laughs> so Kurt Angle in his promo as well declares that if he wins tonight, he will become the first ever Eurocontinental champion and be like kind of... Uh, you know, everyone's hero. I like the idea as well, you know, the whole local sports thing, but him him going around saying, you know, don't worry, I'll, I'll be, be your hero. hero. Yeah. Brilliant. Fucking amazing. What a heel. China comes out. She gets her not, own she, entrance. She gets her own entrance when she's essentially a manager. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand. She's got a fireworks gun, though, so everything's forgiven. Say, oh, yeah, that's a recurring thing for China. China may have lost her push, but she's gained a sweet zook. <laughs> Zook is my abbreviation for bazooka. Good God in heaven, the China Y2J pairing. I, it's just so like out of place at this point. Yeah. Because Jericho comes out and he's so cool. He doesn't need her at he's all. Such an individual. He doesn't need her. Personally, I don't know how you guys feel this, but personally, I felt that them continually sticking China with Jericho after all the business of seemingly done, and he he beat her and he won the Intercontinental belt, and he's the undisputed champion now. It's almost as if it's creative, kind of refusing to admit. That, that they're done. Yeah. yeah. It's embarrassing. It it's, is. It's really unnecessary. I felt bad for China. Yeah. Like, she doesn't really need to be She could be doing something in the women's division or so anything but this. Like. It's just to have her come out and stand in his corner as well. Yeah. It's kind of. I don't know, for me, the character of China doesn't seem like she's the, consistent. Uh, she's the ninth wonder of the world. Like, she's going to stand out with her hands on her hips and cheer her it, man on. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in this match where she does literally nothing. Yeah. yeah. She just stands she there just stands the whole there. time. I know, it really kind of. You know, I was up and down on China at times, but if she was, if anything, it was meant to be like this kind of strong female character and just kind of making her be Jericho's unnecessary, completely unnecessary cheerleader. He's not Triple H. It doesn't no, work yeah, like what, this. What happened to China punching blokes in the balls as well? Yeah. yeah. That's all gone. It's a bit of that like. Uh, but yeah, Jericho comes out, cuts a fucking brilliant promo. So fucking funny. Welcome to Hartford 
is Jericho! And Kirk Angel, let me let you, let you in on a little secret. You are a jackass! Hey, hey! What? And you talk about your three eyes. I agree, because in my mind, you're an idiot, an imbecile, and an ignoramus. But Y2J has an eye of his own, and that's the Intercontinental Championship. Hey, he, he can't talk to a gold medalist this way, JR. And it's gonna stay around the waist of Y2J, the only real celebrated bad mama jamma in World Wrestling Federation history. Colin Kurt Angle, Kirk Angel. Brilliant. I love that as a kid. <laughs> it's my favourite recurring Jericho bit and I can't wait to get into more of him as we're watching more of these shows. It's just him mispronouncing people. Yeah. Calling Val Venus the Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> calling calling Raven Raisin, you know, uh, calling Kurt Angle Kirk Angel. Brilliant. This is possibly my favourite opening to a, a trash talking promo ever. He just goes, Kirk Angel, let me let you in on a little secret here. You are a jackass! <laughs> Ingenious. And, uh, Jericho also refers to himself as the only celebrated real mama jamma. <laughs> oh, and this is great. This is your fucking mid card now. This is the opening match. Yeah, this is going to be spectacular. And this isn't us kind of going, oh, this guy is great. People don't really give him enough credit. This is like, no, everyone knows Kurt Angle is great. From, from everyone in the crowd to everyone in the office to us watching. Yeah. And everyone knows Jericho is great as well. It's like, they, it's, it's, it's great. perfect. It's a dream. Firing on all goddamn cylinders right here. Fast-paced stuff to start off. It's a great example of what the style is now, which is really fast-paced, kind of technical action, and then punctuating it with, like, big moves. So big, great wrestling sequence, then Jericho will slap the taste out of his mouth. Yeah. Or a big high-angle suplex or things like that. Uh, Angle's taking big bumps as well. Goodness yeah. gracious. See him go flying yeah. over the top rope at the start. He's taken to those pretty quickly. Right on his he? ass. Good God every, in heaven. Every time he gets hit, he looks so upset. Like, yeah. there's, like, there's a little there's a little bit of him that's like saying I could lose this but then the other side of him goes no you'll win clearly <laughs> Jericho heads to the outside with Angle and they begin to brawl Jericho hit a nice sahi moonsault off the ring steps it's great as well now that Jer as much as I love Jericho as that kind of cowardly heel character it's great to see him like as a fiery baby face on offense because you can see all his cool moves now he gets to do big spots yeah. now yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing stuff which is great Belly to belly suplex off the top rope by Kurt Angle, good God in heaven. And then we get an Angle sucks chant during a rest hold, which for me is the benchmark of your good heel. If you put someone in a rest hold and they start booing you, like, and saying you suck. It's perfect. Yeah, as opposed to just going, ugh, or going quiet. Yeah. It's a chant. It shows you've got actual heat that sticks. YTJ mounts a comeback. We get some seriously fucking hard-hitting offense from here. You hear that spinning heel kick you did? Yeah. Angle? Stiff. Right in the fucking <laughs> Yeah. You did, like, the forearm shot as well. He literally just punched him in the face. Knocked the tooth out. Brilliant. Double powerbomb by Chris Jericho. Good God in heaven. You give yourself a hernia doing that thing. Kurt Angle also locks in a cross arm breaker as well. It's real, like, just... It feels like... I don't know, it almost feels like stuff that you're playing in an N64 game or something like that. Just everyone pulling out all these varied, amazing maneuvers. Yeah. Mm. Kurt Angle gets the Olympic slam, which Jericho kicks out of, and then Angle heads outside getting frustrated and gets a bit of a, a bit of gold, gets the European belt. But then we get the walls of Jericho! And in a moment, which is great, because even though that Angle is a complete coward and whatnot, he you know powers through and he gets to the ropes, and you know sometimes it feels like they're scared to show a heel 
have a bit of resilience or a bit yeah. of... To me, it almost seems like it's not just resilience, but it's like Angle couldn't handle the embarrassment of tapping out, so he has <laughs> yeah, no, no choice but to power yeah, out of it. Angle would sooner be knocked out again. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's just like Foley giving himself the mandible claw. <laughs> yeah, you're right, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah spot definitely. on. Kurt Angle goes to hit China with the belt, but their timing was way off. She just kind of stood there awkwardly. Really awkward. Jericho came running around and bopped her into the stairs. Hopefully it'll lead to them splitting up. <laughs> Hopefully. Lion salt by Chris Jericho as the referee is distracted with China. But Kurt Angle has the gold on his hands, so Jericho goes smack right into the belt. You better believe I emulated this with my action figures a hundred times over. <laughs> it's a great spot right there. So Kurt Angle knocks out Jericho, tosses the belt. One, two, three. Kurt Angle wins. Yeah. And in his own words, the next night on Raw, he became the world's first Eurocontinental champion, except for D'Lo Brown, but he doesn't count. <laughs> 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 amazing uh, amazing Tim White of course gets involved in a big scuffle with, with Earl Hebner afterwards having a big argument over you know what happened setting up something for later on but not only does Kurt Angle win the European Championship and the Intercontinental Championship and that nice moniker he also gains something even better a new manager that's right Kurt Angle's new manager is Bob fucking Backlund. Really? Yes. I do not remember that. I know a brief little period between now and Wrestlemania we'll talk about it more at Wrestlemania 2000 but uh, yeah Exciting stuff. Lemon grab in the corner. <laughs> great match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. There's a lot of variety, and like you say, there was a, an awful lot of them showing off what they can do. But I think in terms of intensity, you can sort of tell they're holding back a little bit for WrestleMania. So, yeah. if anything, this match has just made me even more excited to yeah, see the clash again now. This was almost like kind of a whetting of the appetite. Exactly, yeah. And Angle hasn't really developed that really hard-hitting, suplex-heavy, you know, multiple Germans. Not quite yet, no. He's still not there, so once that happens, you know that we've got some really amazing stuff to look forward to. Backstage, Mickey C is with the Dudley boys who have been on one hell of a rampage this past month. Essentially tweeners now. They're obsessed with putting everyone through tables. So yeah. for every Hardy boy they put through, which everyone is like, oh no. They also put the likes of Terry and BB through tables, which, <laughs> you know, only to the delight of the Attitude Era fans. So the, the Dudley boys are incredibly sadistic at the moment. Right. But they are kind of getting over his faces just by being entertaining. Okay, that's good. Bubba yeah. looks incredibly stoned as well. He's just staring <laughs> out into the void. It's the the euphoric trance of Bubba Ray Dudley. <laughs> uh, it's this thing now where we're getting elements now. We'll we get much more well-developed later on in other pay-per-views. But uh, Bubba Ray having kind of a, an obsession with tables almost. And he yeah. has to put people through them. And he's, <laughs> it's he orgasmic. To a table. Yeah, oh, that word is used. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's quite amazing also as well you notice that you know no stuttering from yeah I was about Ray. to say it was in my imagination or yeah. have, have they dropped that now They've, the last of the, of the awkward stuff has been dropped did, did they did they write it out anyway or did they just drop it I now? just dropped it like because he was doing it less and less he just fucking stopped no one cares if he was stuttering or not he's putting women through tables I stop really, him I was really hoping for like a King's Speech montage of like Devon teaching Bubba how to get over <laughs> his head <laughs> oh my brother wear these headphones <laughs> Bubba Ray's accent as well I love the way he's still rocking the, uh, the southern accent because yeah. You know, as much as I like the big tough New York thing that he, he does afterwards, you know, the Dudley boys, I still have in my back of my mind that they're the country bumpkins from, yeah, from down south. Yeah, from down yeah, south. So, yeah. Coming up next, the Dudley boys are taking on the New Age Outlaws. The tag team championship is on the line. Drink it in, my friends. It's time for the Dudley boys to ascend to their golden throne. <laughs> Billy Gunn famousing Bubba Ray Dudley on SmackDown through a table. That was awesome. It looks yeah. really, really cool. You know, we get less chance to maybe kind of talk about it in, in future episodes because Billy Gunn is 
slipping down the card. Yeah. He's in the victims of the new awesome mid card, which we mentioned before. Can't keep up. Is that if you've got all these awesome young guys coming in, people like Billy Gunn are going to sit down a little bit. But seeing him like do a vertical leap like that and famous Bubba Ray Dudley through a table, fucking hell, that man is so athletic. To jump that high, yeah, it's I crazy. I still think he's the most athletic guy they have on the roster and that's including guys like you know Angle and Jericho and whatnot. Mm. Billy Gunn is like the most like all round speed he, uh, he is like the purest sort of like this is a pro wrestler like yeah. he, like you say yeah. he's all round great at everything but there's always just been something lacking I and mean, I guess it's just a personality more than I, anything else it's personality and a, and a proper a proper push I suppose yeah. maybe yeah. his association with Road Dog bringing him down yeah. the ability to cut a promo you know these <laughs> various things various things so yeah Naomi Outlaws take on Dudley Boys, tweeners versus tweeners, or as I have nicknamed this match, Fifty Shades of Grey, or as I've also named this match, Fifty Shades of Glagay. <laughs> Please Photoshop the for that. I would love to see that. Mr. Jarrett will see you now. <laughs> oh. I told you not to kiss me okay. off. Okay. Anyway. Dudley Boys finally getting their shot and for me the Dudley Boys were like since they came into WWF they were like ignorantly I was like they're my favourite team because he's got glasses but they actually <laughs> then actually gave me proper reasons for them to be my yeah. favourite team but very excited to see them finally get a proper shot at the tag team titles uh, start off it's just a clusterfuck all four men in the ring get the bubble bomb good god in heaven did you notice what happened like right at the start of the match as everyone like, goes to start brawling what's that Bubba Ray and uh, Road Dogg start you know, going into the corner and then Devon and Billy Gunn go into the corner and all of a sudden Billy Gunn's arms kind of goes numb it's like wait is he like injured and he just kind of slowly walks away Oh, I hadn't caught uh, that at the start though, no. Yeah, you, you may be surprised about what happens in the, throughout this match, but right, um, it okay. stuck out quite a bit. Great tag team manoeuvres from the Dudleys, headbutt to the groin. Oh man, that gets over so big. I love yeah. that move. Can't wait for that. But Ray Dudley has the best fucking right hand and elbow drop in the business. And that's oh, my yeah. incredibly biased opinion, but... He's, got, he's, got his, he's like he's fucking really going in there he's, he's so, amazing with the jabs just anything yeah. that involves his fist is always brilliant I think because he's such a fat fucker when he jumps up to stomp it makes such a clattering noise that's yeah. true actually yeah even though they're getting over Jim Ross still hates the damn Dudleys which he refers to him constantly as the damn Dudleys I love that he'll do that for their entire career and Jerry Lawler's kind of like yeah but you know they're, they're doing all this great stuff and they're all entertained he's like I don't care I don't like the damn Dudleys <laughs> <laughs> they put women through table he calls them like barbaric and heathens it's like thank you it's nice to see someone who's still like kind of toeing the line like well we'll, we'll talk about this later well, Jim Ross is a very big hypocrite later on oh in the shit view. you're right yeah more on that in a bit. So uh, we get a typical spot of uh, Road Dog getting worked over. Yeah, yeah. But, that, but now that you've said that, that's because Billy Gunn has a, his arm. He's, he's, he's not got an arm. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of funny when you think about it, isn't it? We got a hot tag to Billy Gunn, and yeah, this kind of confirmed it. Then it was like, holy fuck, he's injured. You see him do his one-armed hot tag. Comes yeah. in with one hand, clears house with one arm. Does big back body drop with one arm. Well, I'll be honest, I hadn't noticed the whole one-armed offense because I still thought that was a great hot tag. Like yeah. it, was, it was your typical Billy Gunn sort Clears of like boom, boom, boom kind of thing. I didn't realize that he was doing it all with one arm. But yeah, one arm. Uh, he was so he tore his rotator cuff. Yikes! Which is a nasty fucking injury. That's the flare's gone that a few times. Mm. It's like fucks you up all kinds of bad like it's a tricky surgery and all that. But uh, yeah, I just want to say like kudos to fucking Billy Gunn for doing that yeah. because. You know, I mean, that happened these days. There certainly wouldn't be any guys going, well, tough it up. 
Yeah, it's when you only tore your rotator cuff. Yeah. When Sin Cara broke his finger and pulled the match <laughs> off. No, he didn't even break his finger. He fucking dislocated his fucking... <laughs> Come on, Sin. No, mate, I'm done. I take it this injury, then, is why we get the finish we get. Yeah, it seems that way, because after, you know, Billy Gunn clears house, Bubba Ray Dudley on the outside, he gets a pipe out, and he smacks Billy right in the shoulder. And yeah. he's like, yeah, 3D to Road Dog, and the Dudley boys win their first WWF Tag Team Championships. Hey. Becoming the first team to ever win the WWF and ECW Tag Titles as well. Oh, of course. Is, uh, very nice, nice. little, uh, nice little uh, bonish to have on yeah. there. So, yeah, Billy Gunn did get injured. Hmm. Towards rotator cuff, required surgery. The next night on Raw, they would do a whole thing where... To kind of cover for him, they did a thing where he was like hot headed and started a fight with DX, and they all bet the fuck out of him. Like, get out of here, we don't want you anymore. All so right. he's, uh, he's sent packing. But uh, guess what, guys? This is the last ever New Age Outlaws match on the podcast. Yes! <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know that! Yeah. yeah. Oh, get god. out of here, ghost. <laughs> Seriously. Champagne, anyone? Basically, because Billy Gunn was injured for so long, by the time Billy Gunn came back, Road Dog was essentially fired and DX was gone, so... That's that, man. That's that, then. No more New Age Outlaws. And really, a oh. uh, nice fitting way, a nice passing of the torch here. Outlaws very much symbolised 1998, and to a degree, 1999. I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. And the Dudley Boys is the team of the millennium. Like. This is the clear transition into like version two of the Attitude Era now, isn't and, uh, it? Yeah. So it was it was sad to see Billy get injured, I suppose. Yeah. But we, at least we know he's going to be going to better, chuckier things. <laughs> 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 at least we know he's going to get married out of this whole. <laughs> so who'd have thunk it? After all this time, all these many years, all these episodes. The original controversial opinion from Billy, which was, you know, in the first episode of the podcast, he was like, I don't like the outlaws. And we were so good at podcasting back then. We were like, but you have to like them. <laughs> Let's all go no, for Frosty Chocolate Milkshakes. <laughs> I still couldn't articulate why I, I hate them until I think Survivor Series 98. I think, yeah. I think yeah, we, we've come to the conclusion of what it was about the, the New Age Outlaws. Definitely from watching it in sequence. It was just a case of routine, like... You and know? it's actually kind of fitting that this was a pretty formulaic New Age Outlaws match. It was. Road Dog got worked over, Billy Gunn got a hot tag, that was it. Like. And then the match ended. Like, yeah. That's just how, and, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with being formulaic. Flair is formulaic. Bret Hart is formulaic. John Cena is formulaic. Mm. But they but, can all have good matches. And I suppose it depends as well about how much you're drawn to the characters as well, I suppose. Yeah. For me, the New Age Outlaws was, is a team which very much didn't stand the test of time. Very 90s. That's true. And I think that was maybe... I think they tapped into that. I don't know if... Again, I don't know if the, the Outlaws run in 2014 was uh, the most amazing, smart-minded, let's-have-availed critique of old guys, <laughs> or if it was just them pushing old guys. Yeah. But uh, I think, yeah, they are definitely a team which people are like, yeah, they're fucking great, but... You know what? Upon closer no, inspection. Upon closer... You, you see so many people say they are one of the greatest tag teams They say time. it here. Jim Ross says they are... Yeah. He says they are the greatest tag team in the WWF ever. He <laughs> says that multiple they're times. they're not. They're, they're not. Really they're, not. They're, they're simply not. And, like, I, I just don't understand why people remember them with these rose-tinted glasses. And I think as well, I think in terms of being formulaic, and thing to pick up on there, being formulaic in singles matches is one thing. Being formulaic in a tag match where you have mm. two guys noticeably fulfilling the same role, doing the same thing. No excuse you, for that. It really does... Because tag team wrestling, when done right, is a complex, beautiful thing. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the Outlaws maybe 
showed their hand a little bit too much. And you know what, you, you'd be in these cases when a big team or a marquee team is leaving and kind of think, oh, well, they're going to feel this one. No, they're not. No, like, they've got so many more teams to fill the gap now. This is the case of, get out of the way, young people are coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Dirty Boys are the tag team champions and I'm on top of the goddamn world. Kurt Angle has some celebrations. Some very PG celebrations. He's yeah. so happy. Yay! <laughs> Save some soft drinks and balloons for me, Kurt. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's so delighted with himself. I love how Kurt is. If you just saw that and you didn't, you know, weren't watching the product, you think, well, he's a good guy. <laughs> well, yeah. Lovely fella. Alrighty, you get a recap of Visra nearly destroying and killing the now pregnant Mae Young. Jeez. Folks, let's take it back to last Monday night on Raw here in the, in the United States. Oh, this was unbelievable! It was Fisher dropping 500 pounds on a pregnant 77-year-old woman. And then earlier tonight here on Heat, the uh, the man that has uh, sired the child uh, that may have carried so Fisher up, Mark Henry, and the fight was on. Oh, uh, the proud papa was all over Fisher as soon as he laid eyes on the big man. I mean, Mark Henry has just been beside himself ever since, well, ever since Vince was splashed. May Young. And that has led us to this impromptu one-on-one matchup here tonight at No Way Out between these two big Clydesdales. This is one of these, yeah, this is like the angle that everyone always points to. I think Vince Russo has been accused of fathering this angle, like, so many times. Yeah, he was long gone. Long gone. May Young pregnant with Mark Henry, who is her lover, as we've mentioned now. This is played up to great effect in some instances, and other instances, not so much. The very idea of having a 77-year-old woman pregnant, what do you guys think of that? I mean... Well, I would say that it's tasteless and it's weird, but it's Mae Young. And, like, her character is... She's a weird old lady, and you never know what you're going to get from Mae Young. So it kind of fits her in that regard. And, it, you know, Mark Henry makes a good comedy character, so it's a decent pairing. And it's great that she is the kind of... She's, like, the kind of dominant figure in the relationship as well. Yeah, she calls the shots, almost. Uh, Do you see that amazing clip on SmackDown uh, from before this this pay-per-view? where May is left with the, acoly- the acolytes. Basically, Mark like wants them to babysit her, so he pays oh, them. Oh, yeah. And as she starts playing cards yeah, and so smoking May, and drinking. May starts playing cards while pregnant with Farouk and Bradshaw. And they're like, oh, we're going to hustle this old woman. And all of a sudden, she fucking winning all the money and she's drinking beer. Like <laughs> Farouk sat there like, should you really be drinking when you're pregnant? <laughs> like, you're not being very responsible. <laughs> and then the best line of his all, I think, is Bradshaw going, May, you're not meant to inhale the cigar smoke. <laughs> This <laughs> fucking Johnny Mae Young chewing a cigar, inhaling it, having a beer, and she wins all the money and pays the acolytes to go beat up whoever was. I think it was the Hollies were causing Mark yeah, Henry. I just love that. Like, so there's. I think people remember this angle solely for the, 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 the payoff, outcome, which yeah. is Mae Young giving birth to a hand. Yeah. Which is it's still one of the most strange things I've ever known. To it's be in the wrestling. strangest thing in wrestling ever. It's ridiculous because you can't explain that to me. No, no one can. Explain no that. one can explain that. Espe- to you. Especially as as the baby didn't that the hand didn't appear to be mixed race. No, so it, it was, was a Caucasian. Was baby. Like, no. So who so was the real father? Who was the real father? Ah. That's something that we need ah. to find out. Unsolved mystery. <laughs> I, mean, I guess we'll never will find out. I guess not, like. But I define him to find a peak of creative bliss on par with early two thousands uh, mm. WWF because if you've had creative great creative streaks before and after this, but never with the roster that they have here. Yeah. And even still, at the best they can get, WWF can still pull out a, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah. A real, like... I remember a stupid-ass friend of mine back when I was a kid, like, he was over for dinner, and he mentioned... I was always kind of, like, 
quiet about the content of the wrestling because I yeah. knew my parents wouldn't approve if they saw Godfather and Val Venus. The fucking stupid idiot, like, tells my parents, they gave birth to a hand in this team. <laughs> like, you know, cutlery drops, like, you know? <laughs> like, don't you fuck this up for me. <laughs> it's on Channel 4 now. <laughs> you fucking idiot. But yeah, I mean, it just goes to show you that, like, they can do weird ass shit and it's not it's not a Vince Russo thing it's a WWF thing yeah it's WWF just, does it's weird shit it's yeah. Vince Ru- not Vince Russo it's Vince McMahon yeah mm. he's the guy he's the source of the weird, really weird shit but yeah this is setting up this uh, match of course Viscera putting May in great jeopardy so now it's Mark Henry taking on Viscera in the battle of the century the mega fat cunts <laughs> explode <laughs> And uh, in the theme of uh, delegating some tasks to the other members of the podcast in a mildly unthreatening way, Adam's going to take us through this amazing battle. It's <laughs> awesome how, like, Kevin every now and then will give us a match that we can call Billy. Yeah. And he always saves the best matches for us. Like, <laughs> oh, Adam, you get to do Mark Henry versus Viscera. <laughs> do, do you know what I did when this match came on, uh, when I was watching the pay-per-view earlier? I put my feet up and put on a brew. <laughs> and I winked. Even though no one was around, I winked. I'll get one of those lads to do it. One of those other guys from the podcast. <laughs> We start off with some very, very, very basic brawling, you know, mostly haymakers and then running shoulder barges off the turnbuckle, off the uh, off the ropes. Viscera does a spin kick at one point yeah. there, which I was yeah. like, oh! He does that quite a bit. Yeah, we're always surprised to try. by it. Yeah, but I'm it, always surprised whenever I see him do but it. But it still looks rubbish. Like, <laughs> he tries, but it looks crap. Have you guys noticed how much weight Mark Henry's put on here? Yeah, he's really rotund. Remember when he was with Jarrett, he was like getting the kind of seemingly a push, and he'd trim down and all that Back jazz. Back then, it looked like he was squeezed into his singlet, but now it just looks like his singlet is giving way. Now, he was like... Coming out with the sides, yeah, he like he's spilling. He was overflowing, and maybe it's sympathy weight for May's pregnancy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He, he should have listened to Delo. Yeah, <laughs> should have eaten that baked potato, Mark. So yeah, Viscera does a spin kick, which looks like he slips on a banana or something because he just falls <laughs> over basically. Oh, speaking of, yeah. Spe- all right, there's no good reason to bring this up, but on the on the Raws before this, the APA took on the Hollies in a barroom brawl, and in the middle of this. Viscera came out to do a running on the on the acolytes with a two by four, yeah. and he came running in and he slipped on beer and fell flat in his fucking arse. <laughs> and Jim Ross to cover went, "It's Viscera!" <laughs> wow, my oh my! What a save! Anyway, <laughs> so they brawl to the outside, and Viscera sends Mark flying headfirst into the steps, which. Actually, I've got to say, looked pro- pretty fucking yeah. horrible. Like, head first. He probably concussed himself. Yeah. Exploded into those steps. It was impressive stuff, but it looked sore as fuck. Uh, and then Viscera, like, picks up the steps and buries Mark underneath him, points at the referee and goes, Start counting! And, you know, ref starts counting, reaches four. Then Viscera, I don't know, he just gets bored or something and lifts the steps up and lets Mark back out again. Yeah. And then we get a boring chant. Yeah, we got a boring chant immediately straight after, which, you know, kind of sums it all up. Viscera does a big, huge Samoan drop on Mark Henry, which actually was pretty cool. That was impressive. As yeah. A man of Mark's size, as you just said. He's and a man a as bit. gassed as Viscera. Exactly, was. yes. But then May runs in uh, to try and uh, tend to her lover. She just runs in to make sure Mark is okay in the middle of his match. And Viscera just knocks her over, just pushes her over like the big fat prick that he is. <laughs> <laughs> you can't knock over a pregnant old woman, Viscera. You should know that. You should. So Mark, you know, when he sees that May's been attacked, he loses his shit, gets up and does an enormous power slam on Viscera, which again is pretty impressive feat of strength, like because Viscera is a fat fuck. I was expecting Mark Henry's legs to fall out. Like. Yeah, yeah. So that was impressive as well. And then you know, Mark gets the one, two, three, and leaves with May. You know, happy ever after kind of thing. Gotta say, that could have gone a lot worse. When you tell me Viscera yeah. versus Mark Henry, I was like, oh, this is gonna be 
the drizzling of the you know the drizzliest of the most drizzling shits possible. But it was only like it was shitty. It I was wasn't very shitty. I compare it to Vader and Mark Henry in terms of their heart was in the right place, but the lung capacity was not there. And the just, talent was not there. I wrote one thing which was a match of quality fitting the angle. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Nice Jim Ross quotation at the end. Viscera is a heathen. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I, 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 yeah, it was, it was harmless enough, but yeah, it sticks Could have been worse. It was a glaring, it was a glaring asterisk on the kind of on this kind of whole. This is a great period of wrestling. Yeah, this whole angle. Yeah, and at the end of the match, Jr. says that uh, now that's over, we'll get a medical update on Billy Gunn as soon as possible. To which I think literally no one gives a shit. <laughs> so backstage, oh, I got a new name for Lillian Garcia as well mm-hmm. because obviously Lillian's taking over a lot of the K. The Wait, K-mans. can I can I guess what it is? Because I, I I thought of one as well. Is okay, it, is it Elgar? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Elgar. Lillian Garcia. Elgar. Oh. Elgar. No, I didn't. Elgar sounds terrifying. <laughs> what did you come up with? Oh, I just called her the Big LG. The big LG. Like Luke Gallows. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Cadams! <laughs> Hit him in the balls! This is the idea of, like, uh, Lillian Garcia calling herself the Caucasian Queen of Africa <laughs> and being in Nigeria fighting Power Uti. <laughs> Super Lillian Garcia. That's a very ordinary thought right there. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know. I watched the Wrestling Road Diaries too recently, so uh, yeah, I'm all about the big LG at the moment. But yeah, she's just there with uh, Chris Jericho, who assures us, despite what happened earlier, that her and China are still cool. <laughs> and backstage, yes, we do get a bit update on Billy Gunn, Billy. Which wow. is that he's got a big owie, and it's like, I, all right, it's not, it's, it could be a contender for Grunt of the Night, I suppose. That, you know, that's your, that's your shtick. But Billy does go. Hey, can you feel? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you get down in here? <laughs> like they poke his shoulder, and he has a very hot curry. Goes, you know? Yeah, so Billy will be fine, I'm sure. Coming up next, number one contendership for the tag titles. These men will face the Dudley Boys at WrestleMania 2000. It's the Hardy Boys taking on Edge and Christian. And uh, yeah, Hardy Boys come out with Terry. Terry, who tonight, because of, you know she's back after being put to the table by the Dudley Boys, uh, she's hired the APA. We get the APA coming out. Finally. With their corpse handling gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. They look mean. I, just, I love as well is that, you know, they're just hired hands. What a great fucking gimmick the this best is. idea ever so yeah we've got uh, face versus face so we did kind of have heel versus heel earlier mm. so we've Hardys and Edge and Christian taking each other on we've seen this before but never before when it was kind of everyone's like snow white pure and pure white meat plucky young baby face you know? yeah these been... guys have got no edge to them whatsoever have they no and um, I feel kind of bad about this match because great action don't get me wrong amazing action fast paced really good but the teams are too similar Really similar at this point, yeah. Yeah, they haven't gone separate ways enough yet, have they? They haven't got. They haven't like matured like the Dudley Boys have. Yeah, the in ring is still there, but like they need to find their individual niches. They yeah. need to find characters. One of them can be like the kind of yeah, we're the young good guys, whatever. But they both can't be. You yeah, can't have like, four guys being the same guy. Can't have that. No. Like, what's the difference between Jeff Hardy and Christian by their hair color? Mm. You know, they're exactly. they're essentially the same. Like, and yeah, you need to stand out a little bit more. So I found myself being incredibly bored in this match. Yeah, I was bored as well, and I felt bad for being. For being I mean, bored. as you said, the action's great, but this this match also does ha- have an issue with legal man syndrome. Oh God, don't. Don't get yeah. me started. He's ridiculous in this. Sloppy. Like, 
really bad. There's no excuse for it at this stage, I suppose, like, given the, the quality in-ring work. These guys should know, like, who's the legal man. But I suppose one thing I picked as well is that, you know, we had heel versus heel encounter earlier. It's much easier in a heel versus heel match for the crowd to kind of go, yo, that guy's kind of cool. Let's pick a side. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to face versus face, where it's like, well... I can't choose. They're both nice, I guess. Yeah. You know, they're both good guys. The crowd aren't dead. They react to the spots, but they're not engaged. They're not cheering anyone on, particularly. No. Yeah, it's quite dull. Uh, we got a couple of scary moments. A scary Kenrana by Jeff Hardy. Fuck me. Mm. And then this powerbomb spot by Edge, and Edge barely gets Jeff into this powerbomb, but it looked like they were going to kill each other. Uh, what I thought was funny about this was that if this happened on a 1999 show, and I believe that actually a match like this did happen on a 1999 show, and we were blown away, but given the fact that they're firing on all cylinders in terms of storyline and whatnot mm. elsewhere, I found myself kind of going, oh, this match is no good. Standards have been raised all around, yeah. haven't they? But so. if you put this at, like, King of the Ring 99, we would have been like, oh, match man, of the match night. of the night, yeah. go see this. So, like, <laughs> it just shows you, like, how subjective it is, I suppose, viewing shows. With the rest of the cards, yeah, you know, the, when the, it's all a higher quality, you have to really step the, up. The context can kill some of these matches. Uh, all four men get in, and, yeah, it just gets fucking massive schmoz the answers don't know who's legal we get double pins double double teams like it's crazy Matt and Jeff kill Christian though with this uh, double dive at the same time amazing we get the mid-air spear uh, to Jeff Hardy Ooh, by yeah. Edge which we've now come to realise is a lot more frequent than we thought it was yeah. it's like the third time we've seen it yeah. yeah it's not the one off spot that you think it is still awesome though Matt hits the twist of fate which is referred to as a high impact manoeuvre it's been months now come on <laughs> alright you should have a name for your finishing manoeuvre mm -hmm. when you come in. Yeah. It should be an established thing. It, yeah. I don't know why it's just not a thing. It always irks me when people don't call call moves. Like, yeah. Really, really. Particularly finishing moves. You yeah, know? meant to sell I mean, yourself like, on stuff like that. I mean, in the modern, the, the today's roster, I mean, we've only had, the, Sh the Shields members have only had confirmed names. That's true. There actually, is, yeah. uh, apparently, uh, one of the things, um, it could be complete bullshit, but like a report was coming out saying that apparently there was a big thing now in NXT, which is uh, name your moves. Right. Because you have to have, they want to have your your finisher's name trademarked so that if you go elsewhere, right, yeah. so okay. it's it's smart, it's smart, I suppose. But uh, so yeah, then Terry, who was pretty much not doing much this whole match, much like the acolytes, uh, betrays Jeff. She goes yeah. up on the top rope, knocks him off, and then she gives Matt the crappest slap. I do yeah. believe I completely ever. missed him. Oh, complete fucking whiff. Uh, Own prettier by Christian on Matt. Edge and Christian win. Terry celebrates with the guys. They both look incredibly confused. So do so does everyone in the crowd. Yeah, it's a bit basically... Whose side is she on? Her own. That's like, <laughs> no, Terry's new thing is that, like, she does this whole thing now, which is, like, she's the she-devil, and she's just, like, acts like a bitch, basically. Ugh, great. Um, but I suppose it's better than her just waving and smiling. I mean, yeah. It's much easier for a, for a female to get over being, like, a heel, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, it's not exactly we're going to look forward to anything other than bikini contests and stuff like that with yeah. her. What was a cool moment and kind of was cool for her character was... You know, she's leaving all, like, happy or whatever. And then, like, Matt goes to grab her. And then straight away, boom, acolytes come in and yeah. beat the dog fuck out of the Hardys. Yeah. Including one of the worst-looking Dominators ever. Oh, man, that was not even a Dominator. Farouk drops Jeff Hardy right on his head. It just yeah. folds in half. Yeah. Disgusting. I like the whole kind of thing, which is, like, you know, like, Terry, like, knew... She's kind of like, she, she outwitted them and whatnot. Yeah. And she used her smarts or whatever. 
But, like, yeah, match was a bit dull. Happy to see Terry and the Hardys go their separate ways because mm. that'll leave the door open for someone else. Yeah, someone better. Someone better. A boring match, I thought. And uh, at the end, when they show the replay of everything that happened in the last sequence there, as you see Terry running off happily and gleefully, you just hear JR go, What a little bitch! Jesus <laughs> Christ, JR! Jim Ross! You have the word Jezebel for instances yeah. such as this. Let's call her a bitch. <laughs> Fucking hell! Good God. Backstage, Edge and Christian defend their despicable win. Kind of elements of a heel turn, you think, yeah, coming? Yeah, it's creeping in now, isn't it? Hurry up, lads. Come on. Keep up, like. Backstage, the big LG is with big haircut, Paul White. <laughs> you are no longer big tuna. You are big haircut. <laughs> big Show, it's obvious that you are here tonight to get some redemption against The Rock and also to become the number one contender for the World Wrestling Federation Championship at WrestleMania. You know, tonight is about redemption, and tonight's about trying to explain. You know, last last time on SmackDown, I showed my footage to once again to prove that I was the one that won the Royal Rumble. You know, and quite frankly, my feelings were hurt by the way the fans reacted to me in Nashville. And I'm hoping tonight, by perhaps rerunning some of that footage, perhaps the fans here in Hartford will be able to understand, you know, where I'm coming from and why I should already be on the way to WrestleMania, and I shouldn't have to be facing Rocky tonight. So if we can, can we please show the, the footage again one more time? And as you see, here we go again. Rocky over the top. His feet are on the floor. Then I hit. So that, that means right there that I did win. You know, and just in case, if there's anybody that missed it, let's zoom in now. Do it in slower. And zoom in on Rocky's feet. So there's no doubt that what I'm telling is the truth. And I don't lie. And I'm telling the truth. Bam. There's Rocky's feet. Zoom in. His feet are on the floor. So I'm telling you about tonight. Tonight's about redemption. Tonight's what it is. And what it is, is I guarantee that tonight I'm closing the deal on The Rock and I am going to WrestleMania and I am getting my WWF Championship back. And that's all there is to say. Uh, looking kind of different. Can I, sorry, for the first time ever, I've actually come up with a name for the big show myself. Amazing. Do you mind if I join Tell in? Nuts. The Big Moan. <laughs> Whinges all day. Oh, the other one I had from was Big Whingy Paul White. <laughs> Paul White has cut his hair and has turned to heel in one of the most interesting ways ever, which is... All right, Rock's feet hit the ground first in the Royal Rumble. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Like, 100%. But he goes about it in such a shit... Such a whiny... And he gets such a stupid haircut. Look how fucking stupid he looks yeah. here. Yeah. McGilla Gorilla has let himself go. <laughs> Julian from Trailer Park Boys has let himself go. Uh, Leon from the movie Leon has let himself go. <laughs> A young Tony Soprano has let himself go. Freddie Mercury has let himself go. Like, real bad. Peter Kay has tried to, like, make himself better, but has really let himself go. <laughs> oh, yeah, and someone on Twitter pointed out as well, Joel Gertner's looking real good. <laughs> yeah, but ridiculous. A big show, acts innocent. Wham! My footage! My footage! <laughs> when your title shot's dead, it ain't never coming back. Some great stuff here with Big Show. We'll talk about it more later. Mm. Out of all the Big Show's many, 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 many heel turns, I mean, I've lost count even on the run of the podcast alone, this is one of my favourites. Yeah. Which is like... He's a good character, actually. Yeah, it works really well because as a kid, I fucking hated this as guy. As a grown man, I hate this guy. I can't stand <laughs> him every time he opens his mouth. He actually came out on, on Raw or SmackDown, Billy, and he went, uh, Don't 
Boo me. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I'm the hero. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Big Moni Paul White then? It was interesting because, like we've said before, the best type of heel is a heel who feels justified in doing what they're doing. Yeah. And this is like one of the greatest examples of this because you can be anywhere and you can see for a fact... Big Show technically isn't a heel here. Yeah, he is correct. the face. Yeah, The Rock is the heel. It's the crowd deciding. It's the but the crowd has made a conscious decision, and because of that, the whole setup of everything's made a decision by that, Definitely. and it's carried on. Do you know who the Big Show feels like here to me? Frank Grimes from The Simpsons. Oh my yeah. God! Yes, <laughs> he's right. He's correct about everything, but he's such a dickhead that you except don't for to the uh, working for everything he ever got bit. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Frank Grimes was born seven foot tall and was given the WCW title in his first match. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna inspire Mr. Burns to do shit. Coming up next, the Big Boss Man taking on the Big Taz Man. Albert and Boston are just back together. Yeah. So it seems. You just become friends again. I've coined the term Balbert. Balbert? <laughs> <laughs> we got footage of them mugging Taz backstage. This is again what we talked about in the Rumble. The idea, I suppose, is have Taz battle all these undercard guys with the idea to that elevating him. Yeah. But I don't think... I can, you can already tell here... This is such a step down so from Angle. Yeah. There's no even when Taz comes out, the the mystique just seems to be gone. Now I know this could again just be nostalgia playing here, but just when he came out, it felt like I know you can't every night can't be your debut. Yeah. Every crowd can't be Madison Square Garden. But even when he's coming out and Jim Ross went from, you know, at the previous pay-per-view where he's calling him, you know, the human suplex machine or, you know, this guy is a killer, blah blah blah. And Jim Ross, and this is obviously he was fed to him in the headsets, uh, Taz, he loves to compete. A great overachiever. Cut his balls that, off, yeah, guys. Come, come on, on. like, yeah. seriously. Have they really given up on him that soon? We'd have him come out high-fiving everyone, come out with like, his baby son in his hand, like, yeah. I'm doing it for you. Like, you know, it's it's there's no edge to Taz. And Not at all. When you're a guy like Taz and you're significantly smaller and you're in a short match like this, all you've got is your mystique. Yeah. Let him have that much, mm. at least. But um, yeah. that, Why is nobody walking out of the rampway? The rampway? You know, we've you got the rampway and we've got the cage. Yeah. No one's walking out of it. Really? Everyone, everyone's walking around the side I of it. I had not noticed. I literally never I don't know if that's because there's no way out of the ramp. <laughs> but, like, Boshman comes out of it. Yeah. But no one else does. Everyone just walks around from the side. Maybe, I don't understand why. Maybe because he is a jail and he is a cop man. He's the only one that gets to be. He's got the keys got to the, the key, jail. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no one coming in this jail but me. <laughs> anyway... Not a great match. It's, nah. it's a more angle than match. The idea is, well, I suppose we could call this a big boss man behaving badly. I guess. Kinda. <laughs> yeah. It's just a really long. Like, Taz like gets the transmission in straight away, and then Albert just comes in and beats him up. And they just DQ beat. finish immediately. DQ yeah. finish immediately. Boss man. Oh, he behaves rather badly. He just beats up Taz loads. Taz comes back, he just beats him up some more. And then he's like, he works him over with the nightstick to a large extent. He breaks the nightstick in half on his head yes, as well. Yes, it's a moment which I refer to as a nightstick on Elm Street. <laughs> a lot of nightstickery going on here, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, the angle is, is a misfire. It's a classic example of a misfire. Because he beats him up, he knocks him out, drags him all, uh, all over the place, hits him with nightstick. But Taz keeps coming back and grabbing him. It just makes Taz look stupid. Yeah, it does. He, I think the idea is, oh, Taz, he's a pit bull, he's tenacious. Oh, my God. No, he just looks really stupid. Because he doesn't get one over on Bossman. Bossman just no. beats him back down again. So. Oh, no. He grabbed Albert's leg. What a fighter. Isn't yeah. it? You the shit knocked out of him by two guys. Hire the APA, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. 
it's nice, I suppose, that our kind of second match with Taz kind of nicely summed up them dropping the ball with him. Yeah, that's the perfect analogy there, is from the first debut match to this one, the and, difference. And again, I suppose, like we said before, you can this find an era better than this, a time frame better than this, and WF can still do, which people accuse him of all the time, which is dropping the ball with someone. Yeah. And they drop the ball massively with Taz. Totally. Massively, massively. Like I'm not saying give him make him be a world champion, but are you telling me you can't see Taz wrestling like Jericho, Angle, Benoit? You could easily have a five star yeah. match with those guys. Easily. He could yeah. he could be a really great mid card guy, fit in that thing you're building, but sadly he's just meandering away down here. And we've seen the shot of Kurt Angle dorking around with his fans. Yeah. Oh, bless him. I kind of feel I'm happy for him almost. He's so stupidly happy. Like. Yeah, the fans are all into it as well. Everyone's having a great time. He's like paid them or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. No holds bars. It's Kane taking on Xbox. Oh man, there's been some serious developments in this story. This yeah. promo absolutely broke my heart. Yeah, oh seriously. my god. Kane being betrayed again. For one time, Kane and X-Pac were the WWF Tag Team Champions. At one time, Kane and X-Pac seemingly were inseparable. You and I, that's, that's what's tight. We're bros. Kane became an emotional human being. X-Pac Tag Kane, those human qualities. I mean, he's got feelings now. You and I, that's, that's what's tight. That's what's tight. We're bros. Oh my god! Oh. 
Kane has been betrayed. Basically, he lost a match to X-Buck, the ridiculous stipulation of which... How ridiculous it was that it was mentioned no less than three times in Foley's book. <laughs> if Kane loses, Tori must spend the holidays with X-Buck. So fucking stupid. So sinister as Why well. Why would you put that on the line? Yeah. Why did Kane agree to that? <laughs> can imagine Christmas morning, X-Buck running in with his presents, jumping up and down the bed. Make some noise. <laughs> Santa ate all the cookies and eggnog. <laughs> It'd be really boring as well, because it'd just be you sitting sitting next to X-Buck saying, so, Sean, do you, do you want to do something today? Nope. And just does a bong hit. Like, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Christmas tree is just one giant nugget of weed. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas at the Pock household. But uh, basically she came back. It was implied that, you know, she just did it. It was it was stupid. You know, she had a horrible time, but let's forget about it. And then it transpired like a week or two later. X-Pac is like, actually, she really likes me. And uh, yeah, um, now we've got X-Pac aligned with Tori. Mm. So Kane is again betrayed and yeah. heartbroken to the extent that, because Kane now, he, has, he needs an adult, as we all know, folks. Yeah. He's back in the, he's been institutionalized. So Kane was gone for like three or four weeks. Mm. And it's like, oh shit, Kane's gone. This is horrible. X-Pac has got Tori on his arm now. Like this whole disgusting thing. And she's, there with the McMahon-Helmsley regime, and there was a night on Raw, main event segments, it's one of the best episodes of Raw ever, fucking unbelievable, it's Too Cool, Rikishi, The Rock, Cactus Jack, taking on the Radicals, and like Triple H and Xbox, wow. massive, super, super big card, like, yeah. and uh, at the end it looks like, oh no, we're outnumbered, the whole regime, the whole regime is out here, and who comes out, Paul fucking Bearer returns yeah. and the crowd just lose their shit there's a spotlight on Paul Bearer and all the lights go out you see the red lightning on the screen and Kane comes back wearing the black and red outfit this time and he destroys everyone Triple H Billy Gunn Outlaws everyone he kills them all so yeah that's one of my favourite Raw moments ever amazing I've got to check that out oh my god man it's fucking unbelievable so yeah a lot of at stake in this match uh, Paul Bearer being back Oh man, that's just like I'm so happy to see Paul. Yeah, Bear, he's great, isn't he? And this is this is like this is only a little run, so we're only gonna see him around to around WrestleMania, then he'll be kind of gone again. Short and sweet, then. Short and sweet, but you know what? It's nice for him to be a face because yeah, that's true. Actually. We loved Bear so much, but he was stuck with fucking Undertaker being his yeah. cupbearer for for, yeah. for the longest time. It seemed it's nice to see him. He's really like animated and like he's so great with the fans. That red yeah. suit as well. Oh my god, he's lost a lot of weight as well. You know yeah, how healthy he, he is because before he left, like he was so rotund back seriously. then. Seriously, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised Undertaker didn't leave him. Maybe Undertaker left him out in Death Valley, <laughs> hundred yeah. degrees. Like he didn't have any snake boots or a snake tie though. So just a sweet ass Robin suit blazer, like fucking amazing blazer he's got. Yeah, I don't know if you guys agree or anything, but I actually think here that Kane is the most sympathetic character since Mick Foley. Like, oh yeah, I oh, feel that, absolutely so bad for him. It's horrible what they do to him. Well, I think it's cool as well is that there's also another element to it as well. It's like you know. Kane is he's back he's getting revenge but you feel almost to an extent that Paul Bearer is pulling the strings mm. like he goes to choke slam Tori in the, on Smackdown before this and he pushes her away he's like no and then Bearer's like no Tombstoner and uh, <laughs> Kane does it yeah, yeah he pulls the trigger and I think I don't think Kane's felt like 
I don't think Kane's felt like more of a monster than he does now mm. since his debut because yeah. he's unstoppable. He's destroyed the whole regime. Yeah. You know, he's doing crazy, horrible shit like, you know, tombstone and women. Like, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell, who's going to stop this guy? Yeah, that's true. Xbox, apparently. <laughs> like, the cleaning of a house, this feud never ends. How many times is this now they've went to the well with this? Like That's true, but I mean, because we talked about this at Armageddon, that like they had that amazing cage match and it sort of felt like, okay, that's it, done. But the whole sort of... They changed to- the dynamic. Tory turning on Kane as well now, and you know, you really... Kane's more of an underdog than ever, even though even though he's the big killer and everything, he's still the one that's getting shat on by everyone else. Yeah. I actually think that put an interesting spin on it, so I yeah. don't think it's getting quite as tired as I thought it was. Yeah, I think maybe it's Xbox just kind of running down the feud a little bit, because, you know, he said that in, in interviews and yeah. whatnot. I could watch these guys wrestle all till the end of time, because I love speed versus strength. I like yeah. I like speed strength when it's flipped around, when it's... Either, either way, actually. You know, a little guy against a big guy. I always love it. If the, mm. if the big guy can move and he can keep up, it's it's the best. This is a really fun, energetic brawl. Uh, they take advantage of the no-holds-bar stipulation. You know, they go out brawling around the ring using that cool kind of set that they have. Yeah. Yeah. An amazing moment comes where uh, X-Pac hits Kane with the bell, and then Paul Bear stops him using the chair, and it's like, holy shit, Paul Bear getting physical here, and he fucking beats the shit out of X-Pac. Yeah, and then he just starts chasing Tori around. Yeah, just, the Tori comes stop him, and he's her. like, <laughs> oh my god, Like I think we saw Paul Bear throw a shoe once, but other than yeah, that, he's come a long way since that. Slim down Paul Bear is kicking ass and taking names. Bronco Buster on Kane. And then we get a low blow on the X Factor. Paul Bear gets clocked by X Fuck. It's yeah. really wild this match. I'm really enjoying it. Then Kane gets a choke slam on X Buck. And Tori comes in. We're thinking, okay, another face off here. Mm. And I think this is maybe what you were alluding to earlier. Yeah, like Kane's just like, you know, thinking of going for the tombstone. You can tell he's considering doing something. And JR's just going, go on, Kane, tombstone her. Give her what she deserves. <laughs> another quote from JR after that is, tombstone Tori, do it now. <laughs> Stood up with one hand raised. Kill her! <laughs> just Kane turns around to uh, JR to get approval and he just puts his thumb down. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you, dude. Kane tombstones Tory. Again. But again, I suppose it's like, it's, you know, he's, he's at the behest of Bear and all this stuff and Kane doesn't. No, he's like, hey, she hurt me. Like, you know, yeah. Kane is just. He doesn't know any better. Like, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, X Pac, though, he drop kicks the stairs that Kane gets right into his face. Kind of straddles him on top, gets the win. Mm. Really weird finish. What a letdown. Kind yeah. of a, it was like, quite, this, yeah. This really felt like a Kane win to me. Because he had the big comeback, didn't he? And yeah. He's now with Paul Bearer. For me, that moment I described on Raw, and again, I can't understate this enough, like, that's fucking amazing. Like, he got a pop, like, did you know there's, there's the pops where everyone in the arena stands up mm. in unison and lets out the loudest cheer they can possibly let out? It felt like, okay... Kane is going to get a main event thing going here. Yeah. You know, Foley's assumedly leaving and, you know, Taker and, and Austin ain't coming back anytime soon. Kane would be a good number two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I felt like, all right, he'll squash, he'll squash X-Pac here Finish now. Finish that up. Yeah. And then he'll move on to maybe, you know, have a go at Triple H or something like that. But no, um, it ends up, he loses here and uh, that momentum from that moment... Immediately killed. Yeah. Immediately killed. And it's a shame because I think the pairing of... Face Kane with face Paul Bear with a little, you know, but they're still monsters and they're still kind of morally ambiguous. A lot of potential there. And Could have been something amazing, couldn't it? Yeah, definitely. But I still enjoyed the match. Great match, yeah. I suppose X-Pac, you know, being he's the number two guy in the faction, needs a big win at some point. This is maybe a case of, like, timing more than anything else, but mm. I didn't think it was the right finish. No, no, and it's sort of, again, it feels to me like 
just sort of like a, an excuse of a finish so that they can you know, pro- properly conclude it somewhere further down the line again. Yeah, well, like the cleaning of a house, the feud will never end. <laughs> Alrighty, coming up next, six-man tag. Here are three guys who got an amazing rub from being in that awesome main event I was telling you about on Raw. I'm talking about Rikishi and Too Cool. Mm. What a moment for those guys. You know, have the to, ru- to be in that main event. Because yeah. at the start, it was like, all right, it's Cactus Jack and whoever the hell wants to team with you. Because it was going to be like, you know, five on one or whatever. Mm. But it was like, oh, The Rock came out and he's like, no, Foley's not going to be alone. We're going to reunite Rock and Soccer or whatever. And then he was, was going to be the two of them against five regime guys. And then you know, Too Cool and Rikishi came out. I was like, holy fuck. And it was, Stepping up. It was a moment where everyone realizes, like, you know what, yeah, we all like these guys. And, was, yeah, let's, let's give them a, a shot here. And this is them kind of getting uh, close to the main event involved yeah, in yeah. That, uh, the regime, so to speak. Malenko, Benoit, Saturn taking on Rikishi and Too Cool. We get a backstage promo with the four radicals before this match starts off. I remember when they first came in, I found these guys very generic at the start. I'll be honest, as a kid... On the promo scale of things, at least. As a kid, I didn't like the Radicals at all. Like, all round, I thought they were a boring group of just, you know, four guys, why should I care about them? Yeah. But now I know how significant they were in WCW, and how, like you said earlier, how accomplished they are. Just the sight of all four of them on the stage when they come it's out, it's sort of like, oh shit, big he, deal. these guys are mean business. Yeah. yeah. It, but I know what you mean, their promos are still... Yeah. It's just a shame that Eddie's injured, really, isn't it? It could have been, yeah. it could have been great for him to be involved in this Radicals well. had a great, like, kind of introduction. Night after the Rumble, Foley was like, hey, here's four guys who are not quite old enough for WCW yet. And the Radicals are all in the crowd, and they're like, oh, I love when they do that. They're all kind of like, oh, shit, you know, that, that guy, yeah. is he meant to be here? Can we show him? Kind of, they treat him like, like, like if a WCW guy really showed up. It's a shoot. And then they, they jumped the uh, they jumped the barricade, they beat up, like, a bunch of uh, regime guys and all this stuff. It's like, oh, my God and the whole thing where Triple H is like right you guys are going to have matches if you win the matches you get contracts they lost all their matches Guerrero got really badly injured separated his shoulder in his match doing the frog splash yeah so I felt like, uh-oh, these guys are off to a bad start. But they did a really ingenious thing, which is Triple H was like, all right, you can sit here and you can piss and moan at me and say, I didn't give you a shot. Or you can be thankful to the guy who gave you your contracts. And they're like, hmm. They all turn around and they beat up Cactus Jack. And oh, immediate heel to them. Exactly. They're, they're, uh, they're not in the regime. They're more like bannermen to the regime. If, yeah. you're, uh, if you're into... Uh, they're kind of like the House Clegane in Game of Thrones, basically, to, yeah. to the House Lannister, essentially. We can tell we're actually got a Game of Thrones game. <laughs> Slipping in those references. Them coming up from WCW was kind of a big deal as well because do you know where Benoit was the night before he debuted on Raw? No. Winning the WCW vacated title off Psycho Sid. Fucking hell. Yeah, Russo was kind of like... A lot of the older guys were being pushed aside. Russo was trying the youth movement. He pegged Benoit as being the guy that everyone knew was good enough mm. And he knew as well that Benoit was thinking of leaving. So on a last-ditch attempt, I think the deal was probably already signed, put the belt on him. In this big tournament, win a vacant WCW belt, put it on the guy, next night, vacate it again. Wow. So yeah, Shocking. honestly, at this stage, WCW is embarrassing to watch. Like, yeah, I feel bad it. for him, but if you're doing hokey shit like that, I mean, fucking up putting the belt on the guy unless you know he's showing up the next yeah. night. Come on. Like, Idiots. Oh no, you gave me a fake wrestling belt. Take your money back, Vince McMahon. I'd say <laughs> right here. Uh, Shane Douglas, highly rumored to be going in with them as well. Oh, really? They're all part of this revolution faction, WCW, but apparently bad blood between him and the... Uh, the powers that be and uh, Triple H and Vince and Michaels and whatnot. he opted to stay in WCW Okay, I'm sure is something he really 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 was sure of at the time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's great to see the Radicals here this is uh, you know their first pay-per-view match 
their first kind of showcase match where it's you know just them on their own, not mm. kind of relying on on other other angles or other characters to get them over. Rikishi coming out, he's got the sore ankle for this match, which is going to be kind of worked over. The Radicals coming out with that theme music, which was my theme music on No Mercy on the N64. <laughs> Fucking glorious. We, uh, we get a sign immediately which says Deepal Eddie. Which made me laugh. What? To El Paso, Texas, you fucking racist. <laughs> Eddie's not up there. He's down there. In Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Too cool are really great early on. They handle the, the, the most of the action. Mm. It's great to see. If you're a Grandmaster Sex Day and Sky Too Hotty, it's a good test if you can keep up. If you can keep up with, you know, Malenko and Benoit mm. and, and Saturn. These are three fast-paced guys who will put you through your tests. And they yeah. do. Uh, Sky Too Hotty particularly. Really underrated, I think, as a, as a technical wrestler. Oh, yeah. Great fucking stuff worker. here. Yeah. Uh, of course, Rikishi also cocks Eddie early on, so he's not really a factor in this match. The Radicals focus on Rikishi's leg for the entire match. It's great to see this kind of pack of dogs. They're not, like, the biggest guys. They're not the scariest guys. But they methodically just wear down the big man the whole yeah. match. And it was... Strategy. It was one of the first times, I think, as a kid, you know, that I really got kind of uh, an appreciation or exposure to... That old technical style, the, you know, isolate a body part, quick tags, yeah, kind yeah. of uh, that mechanic type thing. Uh, I like as well how you tend to get it when you have a new bunch of guys coming in. They have, none of them have really any personality, mm. but these guys feel like they do. Like, M- Malenko's yeah. a, a complete coward. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll wait until his opponent back his turn. he's guy, like, And yeah, then yeah. just take right. him out completely, then run away again. I like the kind of whole opportunistic thing that they kind of go with them, that they're just like, kind of, they're sharks, like, you know, yeah. they'll do whatever it takes. But yeah, once I saw these guys in the ring, I kind of started to abandon my, oh, they're just generic type mm. of. Plus, on the N64, No Mercy, they had the coolest moves, so you knew they were the best. Like, you know, <laughs> fucking Perry Saturn leg sweep, man, let me tell you something. Scotty Tuati gets worked over, is desperate for the tag, but the Radicals keep outpacing him. Then we get the hot tag to Big Keish. Oh, man. Rikishi Lorraine is on fucking fire tonight, <laughs> let me tell you. I gotta say, it wasn't the spiciest or, like, the hottest of tags. So if I was going to equate it to the Nando's meter, I'd say it's probably just the empty glass bottle because that's stiff as fuck in itself and he oh, like, yeah. does some hard-hitting moves, but it's not like it's particularly quick or anything. We get the Rikishi driver on Saturn. Well, yeah, because Rikishi's got the bum leg, hasn't he? Like, exactly, so, yeah. yeah. We get the Rikishi driver on Saturn. Scotty Juhati does the worm. Holy fuck, this thing is over. Saturn selling the worm as well is hilarious. Like, the second it hits him, he's like writhing around on the floor like, fuck, fuck, kind of thing. It's the most it's devastating the, move in the It's the company. chop to the throat, I think, is how it's meant to be. Um, perceived anyway but uh, yeah Benoit gets the the stink face but they don't they don't call it the stink face at this point yeah they, it's just like it's it's... Just, he just calls it uh, JR just goes and that was a unique manoeuvre performed on Chris Benoit manoeuvre <laughs> <laughs> like Benoit like it shows you that the man's a the man's a trooper and will do what he's told he's sit there lying like getting a fucking giant Samoan's ass rubbed in his face where he could be the world champion in the other world <laughs> yeah, that's true for, for, for similar money I would imagine but anyway Grandmaster Sexa hits the hip hop drop the referee is distracted though so Benoit hits Air Canada <laughs> <laughs> it's like the lamest name for he's given that move several names. Air Canada is the lamest. So it was really called that. It was one called point. that at one oh, point. Fucking hell. Air Canada. Malenko viciously works Rikishi's leg. I love seeing a little guy just fucking chopping someone down to size. But Rikishi manages to get a leg up, hits the Rikishi driver on Malenko, the bonsai drop. Fuck me. They're yeah, kill killing the man. Him. And uh, yeah, the radicals do the JOB on the PPV on their first match. A lot mm. of people at the time was you know looking at some of the reactions people were very kind of like oh the radicals should have won big push or whatever mm. but you know what i think you can't strap a rocket to guys coming in from a rival company particularly if you're guys who are known for 
in the other company for being unhappy with their position for whatever reason. And also if a guy like Benoit, who was like, you know, he was the champion. Yeah. You have to give him that. You have to humble him a little bit. Yeah. Happened with Jericho the, as well. Yeah, with it? the best of intentions. I don't know, with Jericho, it felt more like he was being held down at points. Mm. But here, I think it was just them. That was just a little kind of, you know, don't get too big for your britches just yet. Yeah. Mm. Because the last thing you need is four guys coming in being not happy or whatever or getting big heads or things yeah. like that but I think it just shows them that these guys are like professionals like maybe they should have won I don't know if if it's it was it's kind of a heel heavy night really in yeah. terms of wins yeah. so I think it was too damaging to have two cool win I, I really wanted to enjoy this match more than I did um, the pacing was a little uh, the timing was a little off of points because the six man there seemed to be moments where guys were meant to be running in and they were off a little bit. Mm. It mm. felt like that at points. Again, I mean, had a big, big problem with um, legal. Oh, man. legal yeah. man syndrome. Yeah. Brian Christopher trying to pin someone whilst he's not the legal man, nor is the person he's trying to pin, and then people just staring at him. You know, just the crowd's reaction as well. We get a Y two J chant to which, <laughs> to which Jr says the crowd are really behind too cool, and like <laughs> stretch there, Jr. Stretch. Obviously, you're familiar with Benoit and Guerrero, but um, what do you reckon to Malenko and Saturn then, Billy? I think it's too early to tell with Saturn. Mm. Saturn didn't do much in that Saturn didn't do no. much, whilst, even though he was the person who was in the ring the most out of the four of them. But Malenko, this is the very first match I've ever seen with him, and he's he was wrestling a completely different style from what I expected when I first saw him. Mm. When I first saw him, I, I imagined he'd be a bit, bit technical, but also a bit of a bruiser as well. Yeah. I, I wasn't expecting that speed from him and that he's technical so ability. We also assume when a guy of that size, you assume he's going to be a high flyer to an extent, mm-hmm. but he's like the most ground... A guy who's that fast and that size, you think, well, he's going to be jumping off the ropes and stuff. So yeah. No, he's a ground game, but he just uses that speed. I really like him. Saturn is kind of weird for me watching now because... Um, Watch a you shoot with him. I mean, this is something he said. So I mean, I I don't know to take this as truth or not. Talking about these times, but he claims that he wasn't sober his entire WWF run. Right, the now, entire run. The entire run. Okay. I find that hard to believe. You've got to one... be sober at some point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what he said. And, you know, some guys they exaggerate these things. It's kind of like I yeah. wasn't sober. But I mean, he's a guy who went through some very serious issues. He's in a much better place now, thankfully. But uh, it is kind of. You know, that glassed over expression in Perry Saturn's eyes, that's not like a gimmick. Like That's shoot. That's, that's shoot. Like So I'm kind of interested just to... Because he always... I, I always thought he was an amazing worker. And it's mm. like, he was fucked up this whole time, really. Yeah. It's like Regal as well, I suppose. Mm. I guess, like, yeah. He was fucked up by his own admission during Real Man's Man. And we're like, yeah, but he's doing... He's still amazing. He's amazing doing better than anyone else. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, so there you go. That was the, uh, the debut of the Radicals. Look forward to seeing a lot more from these guys, particularly once they go their, their separate ways. Coming up next, it's The Rock taking on the big show for the number one contendership. The winner of this match, assumedly, is going to the main event of WrestleMania. The Rock won the fucking big show! And oh my god, what a chance there! He said he hates The Rock and he's gonna win the Royal Rumble! The Rock the seconds away from being eliminated here. Here he goes! Oh, the big show's over! The Rock! The Rock has won the Rumble! Finally, The Rock is going! Show me the proof, 
Are the Jews? No, I have got good proof. Uh, these are pretty good. I'm gonna need something a little bit more solid. You give me like an eyewitness or something? You can give me an eyewitness to see that deal, man. Look, there's my witness. Jim Dodds, look, you can even look at the TV. From where I was standing, it looks like the rocks feet been touched. That's great, but I'm gonna need proof or some some videotape footage or something like that. I can't just go on the word of the security guy. I have footage. As you can see, Rocky's feet touched the mat. You got yourself a deal. You and the Rock, no way out. A big show. The Rock has some video footage of the one thing you think you do best. So the Rock says, roll the footage. We've already mentioned there with a uh, big whingy Paul White, you know, with his proof. You know, I love his, his quest to find proof. He finds photos and Triple H is like, basically, I think you need to do better than that big show. So he gets Jim Dodson and he's like, I don't know. You gotta try. It's, it's like a fetch question. Of fucking yeah, it is. What I love about it as well is like he's, he's, he says Jim Dodson's not good enough. He says, I need video footage. He's like, you're run the, running the fucking company. Get it your fucking self. <laughs> Turn on the fucking television. You've got the footage. Why is it Big Show's job to get it? I'm too busy sitting in a leather couch eating vegetables with Stephanie. <laughs> Look at all this hummus. Do you think I've got a time for your shit? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, though, he gets the footage. And the best thing about it is that your Big Show comes out on SmackDown. He's like, Guys, I've got the footage. You don't have to boo me anymore. <laughs> and he shows the footage of The Rock. Clearly, his feet touch the ground first. Mm. He's like, no, just to be sure, can we see it from another angle? And he shows it from the other angle. And he's like, no, just to be super sure, I just want to, just so you guys know for sure that The Rock didn't win, can we show it in slow mo? And he shows, shows it in slow mo. And The Rock just comes out looking like the best ever because he was the fucking <laughs> Rock with his amazing five million dollar shirt and his sunglasses and he just goes big show I've got some footage of my own like and he shows it it's Rock going <laughs> making fun of the big show doing his silly taunt and then Rock goes but let's see that from another angle <laughs> and then he goes and he goes uh, now let's see that in slow motion and it shows the Rock going <laughs> and then turns into the people's eyebrow in slow motion <laughs> and everyone's just like Rocky Rocky Aww. what I love about it is like Big Show's right 
Yeah, but fuck you, man. The Rock's so fucking entertaining. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Big Show's just unpopular is all it is. I really missed... I thought we'd have a Rock promo before this match. Yeah. It's one thing this pay-per-view was lacking, I really thought. I want to see Rock bury the Big Show some more. Just because I love The Rock so much yeah. at this point. Oh, man. I know it's, it's taken as a given at this point, but The Rock is just so fucking... So fucking entertaining here. I think The Big Show in this whiny role, great foil for, for The Rock. Like, yeah, they can play off each other so perfectly. And honestly... You know, if you're going to have The Rock versus The Big Show, the match is going to be what it's going to be. Mm. So, I mean, you, the best thing you can do is story. And I think in terms of story, this is the best kind of setup that you could have hoped for, really. Start things off, The Rock just bitch slaps The Big Show right in his big old mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Rock goes hell for leather, like, but The Big Show just kind of overpowers him. And because Big Show is kind of the heel here, sadly the match is forced to be dictated at Big Show's pace, which means we get very slow crowd brawl, yeah. very slow... Just, ugh sluggish snailish pace from the big Boring. show uh, he no sells the rock's water did you see that the rock, no. does, the rock spits the water at him he doesn't even fucking sell should never been broken in this business <laughs> my father we got spit in the face of water and his eyes fell out <laughs> nah. he never worked Dallas again <laughs> take what? that shit back to Puerto Rico <laughs> the big show goes for a Russian leg sweep hmm. but when he does it he goes <laughs> and then The Rock reverses it and Big Show does a big old slobber comes out of his mouth like, and it's like a bolt of lightning made out of fucking spit shoots out of his mouth <laughs> it's fucking massive it's the fact was he saying woo no that was just the air escaping in the force <laughs> of his Rock attempts a comeback but Big Show gets a side slam heads out gets himself a chair misses and we get a ref bump and then the choke slam <laughs> So Timmy White comes out, goes to make the uh, cover, and as he's doing it, Big Show's there, like gassed on top of the rock, looking and going, "That's it, Timmy, come on, come on, Timmy, here we go, baby." <laughs> and yeah, only gets a, he only gets a two can because Hebner comes out and pulls him out because they you know argued earlier. Yeah, and they come to blows. Yeah, Some big boys. It cuts to a point where Tim White's just straddling. Uh, Hebner, and he's just smashing him in the head. And Hebner's just stopped moving, and Tim White's just smashing <laughs> Tim him. Tim White, over. the fighting Irish, like, <laughs> he's had his medicine, and he's ready to kick some fucking ass. Oh my good god in heaven, uh, we guess then, and all this madness that's appearing, Rock and Locks Big Show in the face with a chair, and all of a sudden, no chance. The Jericho Angle Beach, Holy fuck the pop. Everyone's assuming it's Vince. It's Vince, right? Yeah. But no, it's Shane. So people are still like, oh, okay. that's fine. Shane Shane coming out, he's kind of has the whole, you know, the McMahon, God damn it, what's going on? Yeah. Here? I paid for a show. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Rock bottom, people's elbow, off the ropes, Shane McMahon with the diving chair shot. Mm. A thing of beauty. I can't begin to tell you how amazing Shane is with those just fucking clatters he, he right proper donks the fuck out of him doesn't oh, he oh man he just amazing. throws himself completely and yeah Big Show gets on top one two three the Big Show's going to Wrestlemania uh, huh really really 
but you know what? I, I love that chair shot so much, and the crowd just like fucking hell, like it's just like the crowd like just are like. Well, what? last time we saw Shane, he was a face, wasn't he? So, I mean, everyone assumed that he was here to help The Rock. You've got the it? disappointment of, one, The Rock not main eventing WrestleMania. Two, that whingy bastard, The Big Show, winning. Three, Shane McMahon returning mm. and seemingly not returning to right the wrongs of his sister and his yeah. brother-in-law, yeah. which is what you would expect. So there's like there's a lot of... You're kind of you're confused and upset. Yeah. <laughs> which is a great... You know, you know what? As much as they, you, you, it's kind of shitty and whatnot, you're kind of like, oh, this is not what I want. I don't mind being taken on the journey, so to speak. Well, yeah. If you always got what you wanted in wrestling, it'd be boring. Tell that to Twitter, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if this happened on Twitter, people would be like, oh, WWE's dead, mate. Never dead. watch it again. Shut it down. Sell your stock. <laughs> it's dead. A bit of a meh match. Night of Heels, I suppose. I particularly don't like the fact that there's such unclarity heading into WrestleMania and be it the Hogan era, Attitude era or current day product I like to know what my WrestleMania main event is as soon as possible please yeah. so I can start focusing on getting excited and I didn't think we really got that here no it's very muddied very muddied because we just thought it was going to be logically Rock Triple H that makes sense and now we know we're not going to get that Yeah. now we have the opportunity that we could for the main event at WrestleMania potentially have a rematch from that fucking car wreck that was Big Show versus Mankind oh jeez imagine that as your main event <laughs> in a boiler room it's like good night everyone <laughs> good night everyone from WrestleMania 2000 it's Big Show in a, in a police car like sorry not a police car I didn't enjoy the match. No, no. not at Driz- all. Drizzling shit. It was short, though, and I liked the swerve with Shane, so, mm. you know. Very silent at the end as well, but I assume that was because Big Show sucked in the collective breath of 15,000 people. Because, <laughs> holy fuck, he was gassed. Yeah. Wow. Seriously. But the night is darkest before the dawn. It is now time for our main event. Hell in the Cell. WWF Championship on the line. Triple H versus Cactus Jack. If Foley wins, he finally gets to realize his dream of main eventing WrestleMania. If he loses, he's retired. a perverse vile diabolical structure <laughs> holy fuck the hell in the cell is like 
the 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 problem with the star of the 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 of the show was about Foley. This almost felt like it was much about the Hell in the Cell yeah. itself. And we haven't seen one since uh, King of the Ring '98. That's right. Yeah, it's amazing how it's sold now. Yeah, like, it's just yeah. like as a pay per view, it's just so boring. Not what it used to be at all. What I loved about the Hell in the Cell here was because I had assumed, and all my friends assumed, was like, you're never going to see a Hell in a Cell again. It's a one-off. Because it wasn't in any of the games. Because yeah. it's like, well, they couldn't do it, because after the last one, what happened? It was it's, too It's much. too dangerous. Yeah. It's too dangerous a match. And holy fuck, all of a sudden, you've got the most overmatched in the world. Because mm. when it comes out, you're like, oh, man. They're breaking the... They're not allowed to do these. Yeah. And oh, my God, yeah. You're, you're right, Billy. I mean, nowadays, it's like, yeah, whatever. Dime a dozen. Dime a dozen. Here's the analogy I have for it. Hell in the Cell in the year 2000 is treated with the mystique and seriousness as Lord Tensai when he debuted after WrestleMania. <laughs> Hell in the Cell in 2014 is treated with all the mystique and seriousness of Lord Tensai on commentary in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that we're talking about Tensai a lot on the podcast recently. Yeah, good old Jason Alberts. Good old, that's it, I didn't even know his name. Yeah, that's it now. Forgot between the two episodes. But yeah, it's just dime a dozen now. Here, it's taken seriously. Mm. And you think, like, after the last match, which was like... So gory and so they pushed the envelope so much with that street fight, and yet still at Hell in a Cell, you're kind of like, Oh, fuck. how far is it gonna yeah. go? And even Triple H is like, kind of, he's showing more fear, even though you know he's, he's beaten the man before. Mm. But this is Hell in the Cell, this is you know, Foley did, and they did a great job in this to build up to this. Uh, Foley didn't wrestle much, he did a lot of promos, he made you know, really kind of chilling oh shit this man might retire you kind of felt that's how it was going based on his promos and uh yeah they use a lot of great you know video packages showing the old hell in the cells so you're fucking really what foley's been through what foley's been through oh man great job I, this this promo. one of my favorite builds to a match ever this is like this is everything a rivalry should be yeah. mm. this is the perfect feud you know both guys are serious main event guys it, it could go either way you generally don't know who's going to win this match the stakes are like higher than ever. The match itself, the stipulation is like the most serious one there is in the WWF. Yeah, it doesn't get much more you know big fight feel than this. I think it? everything we said about you know the Rumble builds applies to this one as well. In particular, I would make mention of as strong as Foley's promos were and as memorable as they were because you know he's Cactus Jack and he's like. He's saying, what, you know, mankind's been in the Hell in the Cell, but Cactus Jack in the Hell in the Cell, that's a whole different kettle yeah. of fish. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's um, it's pretty fucking uh, intense, like, in this one, because you got Triple H as well, like, he's doing these awesome promos. Just as good, Really yeah. just as good. So, uh, before we get into it, though, we just randomly cut backstage to Kurt Angle. Singing Queen. And he gets jumped by Y2J in China, and they lock him in the boot of his own car. And China it- is wearing She-Hulk's tracksuit. So she would later wear in that porno that she did. Yeah. Fair enough having that segment, but like, don't put it there. No. It's like, if, if you're going to give, give me a blowjob, see it through, don't you know? Like, <laughs> go and turn the telly on halfway through it. It's really strange, well, to have that sort of thing on a pay per view with nothing after it. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're going to have a running thing throughout a pay per view, this should have been the second to last one yeah. and then there would be a, you know, what, a conclusion to it. To Ron, like Kurt Angle's the, dead in the back yeah, of the car. That, like. That's not a conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Homicide Trial is Jericho! <laughs> this match I felt though, getting back to the business of the matter, Hell in a Cell, I felt it was quite symbolic of Foley's career as a whole. Cactus Jack kind of, he represents everything that Vince McMahon, he thinks could prevent you from being a star. Mm-hmm. The hardcore style, the look, the, the, the tendency towards violence, the recklessness. Mm. Triple H represents everything that is essentially like, 
look like this, act like this, you can be a star. Yeah. And the right kind of mind for the business. You know, he had the uh, the look, he had the promos, the the training, the ability. He made made his mark and made his name in WWF. Cactus Jack made his mark in you know Japan and ECW. You know, Triple H is savvy and you know knows how to plot ahead and think care of business. Foley's a nice guy. You know, yeah. it is like it is kind of like a, a battle for kind of Mick Foley almost in, yeah. in, in an art sense. Cactus Jack coming out, that flannel, my favorite attire of all time. Yeah. Just the, the simple flannel, amazing. Padlocks are on the doors though as we start this match, which leads to a big worry about Foley's promise, which he made before this, which was that he was going to come off the hell in the cell again, but it was going to be over Triple H's dead body. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we have a great, great like ten minute brawl that takes place here really great inside the cell and the crowd don't really react much to it no and I, I think, thought that was really strange I think it's because Foley mentioned in his book and I, I, I would agree I don't know what you think but it's because the fans expect him to go outside yeah they're mm. waiting for it aren't they and if anything there's one failing this match has is that the fans ex- were given too much to expect yeah I still think they deliver to the most part mm. but it's kind of like if you're kind of going yeah 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 I know you've done your finishing move on a steel chair but come on jump off a fucking cell already or, so yeah. that's a, it's, it's a dangerous precedent to be setting yeah. like you know sick action outside the ring though uh, Triple H throws the steps to Cactus Jack mm. like, and beats him maliciously with the chair double arm DDT onto a chair to no reaction which kind of exemplifies the point I suppose that we were making Cactus Jack gets the chair and heads into the ring he sets Triple H up sitting on the chair just like leaning against it and does the forearms and this is where we get our grunt of the night hey hey this is uh, quite similar to last month's grunt of the night but um, yeah, you get your old Cactus Jack ones when you can but it, yeah, exactly yeah we've only got a little bit of Foley left so we may as well you know sort of milk him for all he's worth this is another great classic Foley one where he's just hitting Triple H over and over again saying the word dish repeatedly just dish Dish, 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 dish. Who's your favorite satellite or TV provider? Dish, 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 dish. But yeah, he does those amazing forms. The Triple H just like slumps into the chair, goes for the knee, but he gets dropped toehold right into it. His face explodes into that chair. Yeah, yeah. Outside, Triple H gets his head grated like cabbage. One of my favourite Jim Ross quotes ever. (laughs) Fucking amazing. Then we get a shade of the old school. This old finisher from WCW. The Cactus Jack elbow to the outside from the ring apron. Obviously a lot more reachable distance than some of the ones he had set up for himself in the uh, the early 90s. But uh, a very satisfying manoeuvre. Cactus Jack then gets the steps. Triple H evades them. And then uh, the cell gets opened up as we uh, he smashes them into them. It's like, yeah. holy fuck. Cactus Hardcore. Jack find his way out. And once the fans realize that this has happened, they make one of the biggest pops of the night yeah. for a piece of sheet metal breaking. <laughs> Amazing. Cactus Jack just launches himself into it to open it up more. And he fucking cuts his arm oh that gash is so horrible you see the way it's, it's kind of like it whips back because it's such thin chicken wire yeah and just like runs right up his arm as he goes through you can imagine that there's a flap of skin just hanging on there yeah. it's disgusting it's quite 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 painful looking Triple H goes through as well then we get the pile driver on the announce table Cactus Jack tries to climb up and Stephanie stops him as soon as he starts climbing up the cage I got so frightened oh, yeah because you can tell like even though he's in, he's in better shape than he has been He's still not Mick Foley, 1998. Well, no, he's ruined himself. He's very shaky getting up those stairs, particularly with the cut on his arm yeah. as well. Can you imagine mm. trying to climb? 
But uh, yeah, I like seeing Stephanie getting involved. That was pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, Cactus Jack gets the 2x4 covered in barbed wire, which Triple H only knows too well. He immediately runs away. I love yeah. that. He like, literally runs, showing Tr fear. Tries to dive over the barricade into the audience. As opposed to now, if someone came out with a barbed wire 2x4, he'd like cockily smirk and put on a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got? <laughs> But yeah, it's great. Like, he has to escape. It's, it's fucking brilliant. Like, uh, he actually, like, runs up the fucking cage to get away from Cactus Jack and his barbed wire, which is brilliant. Like, being on top of the Hell in the Cell is the safest place to be right yeah. now. I love that. Cactus Jack starts climbing up, and then we get the, uh, the customary, he falls off the top. Yeah. He, he needs a back body drop this time. It's not off the very top. Mm. I don't know how I felt about this bump. I didn't feel... He goes through the table and all that. The crowd go, whoa, and he gets a big holy shit chant. I felt it was unnecessary in the sense Completely. of if you're so very strongly connected to that, you know, the bump, the yeah. Hell Cell 98 one, why do a lesser version of it? There was it? no need for it, yeah. When there's clearly shit planned later on. The, was, the match is great as it is. I think it was unnecessary. Yeah, because um, it was just a weak imitation of the original bump. Yeah. Like. It, it just made me laugh, though, when I was watching it, because he climbs up to, he climbs up to the top, and, and Triple H is trying to pry his fingers off the top, and then he eventually gets the 2x4 and, and scrapes it off, so he goes, and the only thing that went through my head is Triple H leaning into Mick Foley going... Long live the king! <laughs> <laughs> Pushing him off when he gets run over by the police. He just comes down like it's a Dad? <laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> Go and never come back. Stop! Stop quoting the Lion King! Be prepared! <laughs> Fuck all you. <laughs> More to the point, it was an unnecessary garnish. Yeah. Which led everyone with those ridiculous expectations to go, ooh, that's not the same. And I think any time you take a bump like that and people are crossing their arms going, mm -hmm, you've done something wrong. You waste of time. It's not worth yeah, doing it to yourself. The Triple H immediately gets asshole chance. Which, yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. You asshole <laughs> for doing a subpar table break. How dare you? Like Cactus Jack tries to throw a chair up top. He can't because of the blood loss. Yeah. Like three attempts and like Jim Ross covers from expertly on commentary because, you know, it could have been a, a goofy moment, but he has lost a lot of blood, folks. Cactus Jack heads up the top. Holy fuck, how did he manage that? Yeah. Unbelievable. Triple H works over him with the barbed wire, but Cactus Jack gets back on offense. This is like the tensest two minutes of wrestling ever. Like they do, a, they're walking around. It's more reinforced, but you're still in the back of your head going, ah. Oh. They're teasing the idea, aren't like they? Like they do a bit in the corner yeah. that, you know, Triple H's foot goes through and he's kind of like, ah. It's like, oh, not again, please. So scared. Yeah. Cactus Jack gets the two by four and he has it holding up and Triple H is begging off and Jerry Lawler which is a great line just goes what's worse than a barbed wire covered 2 by 4 and Cactus Jack sets it on fucking fire <laughs> oh my god Do you, can you believe the people who were watching this like wrestling for the first time after the rumble because of you know getting into it because of Channel 4 or whatever they must have been so spoiled like thinking yeah. that this kind of thing happened this is one of the greatest fucking moments in the attitude era as yeah. far as I'm concerned Agreed. Triple H begging off as my child Childhood heroes got a fucking flaming stick covered in barbed wire. And this is the point where you're thinking now, like, he's gonna do it. Cactus he's, Jack is gonna be the champion. Well, Hooray! Like, Cactus Jack's finally going to kill Triple H. <laughs> then he'll marry Stephanie and control the company. <laughs> he hits him with it once, which is just great. Like, yeah. And then uh, lays it down, signals that he's gonna do the pile driver, big back body drop. He goes flying over it. Jack 
he's broken. My God, I can't believe it. Double H back rock. Kept us all the way through the cage. They broke the top of the cage. They broke the floor. But for the love of God, will somebody now please come out and help this man? Lands nice and safely on the pre, on a kind of a pre-gimmicked uh, part of the ring. Yeah, he busts through the cell. But he busts through the canvas, like, but and it, uh, it looks devastating. Looks awesome. Looks, awesome, looks yeah. devastating. And but you know just, he's actually safe this exactly, time. Exactly, because he's flat on his back this time, as opposed to in a fucking heap of bones and fucking teeth. Yeah, he's flat on his back and he's covered in blood, and you can just see him looking straight up, like at the lights, and it's like, wow, what yeah. a great image. Triple H gingerly makes his way down, and even though he's done this to Jack, he like you know taps him like a child would tap a dead body with a stick or yeah. something. He's afraid that he's gonna wake up. And Jack starts like you know getting up, and the crowd just erupt into a foley chant. A nice last hurrah, like to think. Yeah. It's a great way of like showing the character like you can't keep him down. Can't keep him down, but he gets a pedigree. Gets pinned and Jim Ross is just screaming, "Kick out Cactus!" Oh god, that that actually killed me. Like Jim Ross wanting Cactus Jack to stay in it, kind oh of thing. Oh my god, it's fucking incredible. One, two, three. Triple H retains the title, and the most crushing of blows. Cactus Jack is forced to retire. Another amazing match from these two. Yeah. I, I, it's a different match to the one before. I think that in terms of an actual, just a great hell in the cell match, this is probably like. One of the best, I've One seen. of the best, because a lot of people would point at King of the Ring 98 and go, well, that's not a match. That's all just a gimmick and an angle, and it's an incident more than a match. Mm. So if you're going to take that approach, which I don't agree with, but I, I respect that opinion, this would be the second best Hell in a Cell match. Mm. In terms of work rate, at the time, anyway, like just behind Undertaker and Shawn Michaels' first one, this was a, a fucking great brawl. Really great. Incredible match. It accomplished what it needed to accomplish. Made Foley look sympathetic. He saw opportunities to look like a monster, and Triple H is the winner. And he's, and he's Triple a bastard H is now. the most vicious, evil cunt you've ever yeah. seen in wrestling. Yeah. You hate him so much now. Yeah, he's, he's really done a bad thing. And, uh, you know, Triple H leaves or whatever. Then we get the sad walk to the back. Yeah. doesn't want to be taken out on a stretch. Yeah. He wants to go out on his own two feet. And he turns around and he has tears in his eyes, and everyone is clapping and whatnot. And Jim Ross, like, with the line, he just goes, uh, you're not standing up at home right now clapping this man, <laughs> then your heart's not in this game. That's why we're all gonna fucking stand up right now. <laughs> Goddamn right, Cactus Jack. Good on you, son. And he's retired forever now. As spoiler, he will be main eventing WrestleMania. <laughs> but having, fucking hell! Having not known that at the time, my nine-year-old self cried for the first time ever at wrestling at this my heart was completely shattered well, oh. I just love the, the Jim Ross line where he goes uh, goodbye Cactus thanks for the memories oh. and he's all gone as well he's like there's so many assholes in this business and that, that man's a friend he's like oh he's a nice we've seen guy. Cactus Jack's last match and all it's that good yeah you know what that was one of the most effective ways of transferring sadness for someone leaving into anger hatred yeah because yeah. Triple H's going to Wrestlemania now I want to see this man get killed. Oh boy, I can't wait to see the big show kill Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm going to be amazing. What do you think of this one, Billy? Like, in terms of stacking up to the other Foley Triple H match? And maybe, I think um, I preferred this one over the street fight. Yeah. And I, I know people say that the street fight is one of the, those seminal matches, but I, I, I think I enjoyed this one on a whole more than the street fight. I think, I think a lot of people. I think it could be because they've been done so many times. A lot of people, like, view the Hell in the Cell as, like, kind of a. Ah, yeah, but that's like a, 
It's like Hell in a Cell. It doesn't really count because it's yeah. such a big gimmick, however. It's like us having a podcast. If I tell someone it's good, it's like, oh, yeah, but it's a wrestling podcast. It doesn't, doesn't count. count. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's a hell, yeah. <laughs> you know, a Hell in a Cell match can be a really good fucking, like, well-paced, like, hard-hitting, like, technically sound match. It can still match. be a match. Yeah. yeah. I, this, this I've never match. heard anyone talk about this match either. I think it's just, this you, match needs more eyes on it than you, it does. You, you always hear about, like, you know, when we started the podcast, you know, I had people, like, tweeting me saying, I can't wait to see the street fight. Mm. Didn't have anyone say the Hell in a Cell is something as well. It needs more exposure. Hell, I, it's it's yeah. sort of in the shadow of the street fight, really. It's in it? the it's in the shadow of Mick Foley coming out of retirement like five weeks later. Yeah. That's why it's in the shadow. That's of true, actually. Yeah. And for me, it was a little bit bittersweet watching this because I was like, kind of, I looked at all that stuff happening at the end. I was kind of like, don't you fucking dare feel emotions. Yeah. This, this man, like, and I don't know it might be something to get into the next episode more. But Foley was always my favorite wrestler. I still, to this day, I'm not. I'm gonna have to have a think about it. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about the the coming back. And I'll be honest, as much as I love Foley, this would have been the most perfect retirement for his yeah, character absolutely. ever. That is again, like um, Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. This is a pitch perfect. That's it. That's the end of your career. And of. I think Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, as well, was an example of it. Yeah, here's a, like three guys have gotten the perfect opportunity to retire, and two of them, and fucked, two it of them have fucked it up. Yeah. Like, that's maybe a discussion for the next episode, mm. as we mentioned. True. Cactus Jack will not be gone for long. Well, Mick Foley will be back very, very shortly thereafter. There you go. No way. Two thousand. Another very strong show mm. from the year two thousand. And uh, you know, I think they're full head of steam in terms of, of guys. I had a couple of nitpicks uh, with this pay per view, but as a whole, I was thoroughly entertained. Um, as much as I was with the Rumble to an extent, I would say. I don't know if it's the crowd was maybe a little lacking, you didn't have that MSG yeah. kind of buzz, but um, yeah, I was just like top to bottom when I wasn't like I had been with the likes of Armageddon, kind of going, oh, it's going to get good now, guys. It's like, no, it is good. Yeah. Like, you know, we're in the good times now. We're there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, what do you guys think of it? I enjoyed it. Um, I had to watch two or three of the matches twice because really? I found it really hard to pay attention to some of it. But the second time around, I managed to enjoy the matches more. I had to watch um, Dudley's versus New Age Outlaws twice, Radicals versus Tuchel and Rikishi, because the first time I watched that, I fucking hated it. I watched it a second time. I liked it. Um, it's been some change in style almost because we're going for longer matches. You notice there's a lot fewer matches. This match only like what? This card only had maybe what six, seven matches. Yeah. Compare yeah. that to the likes of you know, Survivor Series, whatever we had. Like, Thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, fucking a big loaded ass card. So it is a bit of a change. The the slower, not slower, but just longer matches, mm. more more ring based stuff. No, uh, it was a really solid uh, pay per view. Easily the worst match. I, I really expected more from from both of them because yeah. Big Show, whilst he's not had that many great matches on the run of the podcast, we know he can hold himself to a degree. Yeah. And we know the Rock definitely can. And for them to put out that piece of shit, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really, really disappointed. I don't know, I didn't think to expect much more of the Big Show, just given the sense that like that was the kind of match that they were going to have to have. Like It was like a shit sandwich that you're going to have to take a bite out of. Yeah, and then they're also... They're the match directly before the Hell in a Cell as well, so I imagine they were sort of like, well, we're never going to live up to that. So. Yeah. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think overall pay-per-view, how are your thoughts? Um, it was nowhere near as good as the Rumble. I mean, same with Billy. There was a few times where I actually caught myself just sort of zoning out while I was watching it. So I was sort of like, oh, you know, lose attention or lost track or something. But um, overall, still a great show. I mean... 
just because it wasn't as good as Rumble doesn't mean it's not a great pay-per-view. It was, you know... It wasn't five-star, it was four-star kind of job. No, exactly, yeah. yeah. And yeah. There was Still a, great, though. There was a couple of missteps, but when it was good, it was fucking good. And considering, yeah, we're only two pay-per-views into 2000, we're two for two so far. It's yeah. looking good, isn't it? Definitely. So. Uh, I'm going to say match of the night or MVP, but this might be another one of these redundant ones, unless people have got something incredibly out there. Hand of the Cell and Cactus Jack? Yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and that's going to do it for this episode of the Attitude Era Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher Radio. As always, make sure you subscribe to our feed to make sure you get all the episodes as soon as they appear. If you're on iTunes, leave us a rating or review. That helps us out immeasurably. Thank you to everyone who's taking the time out just to leave a few words of uh, or a nice little rating. It makes us much more visible. It's how a lot of people have found the podcast. You know, word of mouth as well. Anyone who's recommended the podcast to people, thank you so much. It's uh, it's great to see like people, a lot of people recommending it because this is a time period where a lot of people yeah. started watching. So we appreciate that absolutely greatly. And make sure you give us a like over on facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Fan art goofs, gaffs, you know, funny pictures we happen to find, check those out over there. We should also say as well, for the first time ever, uh, our next episode is going to be a bonus episode of me and you, Kevin. We're actually oh, going to, yes. if you go to our Facebook page, there's going to be a little poll on there, and for the first time you can actually vote on what episode you want us to do. Yes, there's a couple of one-off pay-per-views which people have asked us randomly, which we should probably go and look at. Uh, one of them is Rumble 1998, for example. So we're going to put up a few, do a poll to see what people would like us to review. For your chance for the first ever to vote for uh, what the episode we're going to do. Smack down your vote. <laughs> As Linda McMahon comes out to tell us about SmackDown, you <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, be sure to check out over facebook.com slash editor podcast. We did pass 3,000 likes there. Thank you, everyone who did that. Follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast, live treating Raw, SmackDown pay per views, and Chikara should the mood take us. <laughs> and uh, also, as well, anyone who's looking for more content from us, you want to support us, maybe give back a couple of quid, literally a couple of quid, that's all. It's the Beyond the Mat commentary track, is available to download at selfie.com forward slash AE Podcast. We've gotten great feedback from it. We're so yeah. happy people have enjoyed it. Yeah. More coming your way soon. It's £3 for a digital download. Listen to us talk over one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time. If you like more visual things, you can go to youtube.com forward slash AE podcast and on there you'll find some clips of our favourite moments from past episodes we've put to video. You can also find a Vine account of ours linked to the Twitter that Kevin mentioned before. And if you like stuff and things, head over to botchmania.com. Have posts regularly put up on there. Uh, have also, posts regularly put up on come is size <laughs> wrestle bloopers <laughs> and of course as always make sure you check out callingspots.com where we regularly contribute to the world's greatest wrestling fanzine check them out they're all available for £2 I recommend highly if you enjoy this show you enjoy the style of humour we contribute Matthew from Boshimani contributes there's a lot of great articles it's an amazing read and sometimes there's crosswords it's really nice paper oh my god oh, they've new paper now that quality that gloss double thick cardstock for life that's going <laughs> to do it for me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. And we'll see you at WrestleMania 2000. Well, dig this. Well, well, well dig this. Selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. Desperate clap. Excellent, excellent fans. Desperate clap. In their sexual pram. slash AE Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
commentary track in the world. In their sexual pram. <laughs> <laughs>